gun line, gun line, gun line, fire mission coming down. It's your host Lopez here from On The Gun Line Podcast, bringing you a hell of a good ride today. I hope you will enjoy this. It won't be going on as long as the motherfucking midweek memo did. And if it does, fuck it. Two tears in a bucket. You'll love it. All right. So today on the gun line, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the five foot one man behind the gun, fucking Sergeant Patrick J. Juarez. Uh, I call him Patrick J. because, well, we'll get into that in Baghdad. But anyways, uh, yeah, we got Sergeant First Class Juarez here on his way out and uh, quick briefing on him. He was my chief when we were out in Baghdad in deployment December 05 to December 06. And uh, he smoked me for no fucking reason one time, but we'll get into that story as well. And just a quick brief, uh, anybody watching this on the YouTube, do me a quick favor. If you're new to the podcast, just hit a fucking uh, subscribe, hit a like or unlike or put a shitty comment, a death threat. I don't care. Just view it. Let's get some more motherfuckers up in this. Anyway, so go on and pop a squat because it's about to get high. You want the gun line now. Welcome to the gun line, Mr. Sergeant First Class Juarez. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? Hey, listen, I think uh, I, I was scheduled already once. Um, and we had it rescheduled, whatever. And, you know, you said you're in the next opening, whatever. And I, I, that's cool, man. I'm not special for nobody. So I'll, I'll wait my time, you know. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's definitely an honor being on here. Um, it's definitely different being on here uh, than doing the interviews. Man, I'm fucking nervous, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> be nervous, man. I mean, this was originally the the platform that we were gonna do was yeah, me and you doing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and man. but yeah, dude. I mean, somehow or another, it went sideways, dude, because of um, you know some personal things that came along, and maybe we'll discuss that later. See what happens with that. But yeah, man. For those of you, for those that don't know you, you know, uh, the airborne mighty man that's over here. Uh, who is Patrick Juarez? Man, that's a t that's, it's, it's a tough question um, or a tough answer, I should say, but it's not really, man. Um, man, I'm just a simple guy, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, joined, I joined the military for my family. Um, been doing it ever since for my family. And uh, just, uh, just keep going on, you know, because of my family. You know, that, that's pretty much who, I'm from, uh, who I am. I'm from uh, Amarillo, Texas, even though I don't claim it. Um, <laughs> but I, I do claim Texas which is weird. Sometimes I don't, um, been all over the place. Uh, single dad, you know, I got my kids with me. I'm a grandparent, uh, about to retire from the military. I mean, you know, God um, damn, hold up. You're yeah. a grandparent. I am, man. I am. Holy fuck. And I, cause I know you're younger than me, but yeah. not by much. I mean, you're like what? 36, 37. I'm 38. I'll be 39 at the end of this year. Um, and, and, and my kids, man, I'll tell you, my kids, uh, that's probably the worst, best decision I made, uh, having them young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> typical Mexican stereotype. Yeah, there you go. You know, uh, had, them, had, them, had them young, um, you know, and just freaking got that done and out of the way. That way, you know, here I am. I'm about to retire. Uh, my youngest is 13. You know, my, grand, um, my grandbaby's a year and a half. You know, all my kids. I only have two in school left. That's it damn knock them out of the way now you get to enjoy your fucking uh your 40s all to yourself absolutely absolutely and hey man that is what's up so what brought you into the military you say it was your family so i'm guessing you were um a young dad out of high school yeah yeah so um i actually had 
I got another son that wasn't with my ex. Um, and uh, then my ex, man, she got pregnant. Uh, we got married, man. I was married in, in high school the last six months. Or, or like right at, at Christmas time. Right. And I had to make a choice. And, and I think a lot of my life has been hard choices like this. And this is kind of, I think where it kind of started, I had to make a choice to give up or, um, you know, keep going to school. Right. Uh, I didn't want my kids, I didn't want to tell my kids to graduate high school and I didn't graduate. So I kept going. Um, I had to go tell the counselor, hey, what can I do to graduate? And still, I got to pay bills. I, got, I have my own apartment and everything, you know, right. stuff like that. And they said, well, you only need a few more credits to take night classes. I was like, okay, cool. So I was working uh, full day. Uh, I had an hour overtime every day. So I did 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after. Okay. Picked up my, my wife at the time, dropped her off at her parents, went to school, and did that for God. the last six months, man. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, good news, I graduated with the, uh, with the scholarship, man. No um, shit. Yeah, I graduated with scholarship. I tried the school thing. I really wanted to do it. Yeah. But I didn't get no support. I didn't get uh, no support from it. Um, you know, I, I was walking to college. I think I said this on my podcast. I was walking from my apartment to, uh, well, I was riding the bus with the short bus to college. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was riding the short bus to college with a lot of, you know, the, the dischallenged people. Yeah. And, um, but it was fun. It, it wasn't no big deal. And, and I was walking like an hour and a half back to the house just oh, to go gosh. to work, you know, and, and pay the bills and stuff like that. So. <laughs> so yeah it's been ingrained in you at least you know you did the responsible thing and and was there for your kids and your family you know what i'm saying yeah. so shit was like the recruiting office on the way to school i mean how'd you end up going to the recruiters no so that that's that's crazy how that happened um the washing machine in our in our apartment didn't work so we went to another building yeah and we saw we saw a recruiter uh, he wasn't in uniform now but he was backing up his bmw you know combat parking <laughs> <laughs> he was doing that and uh, he came in. I was like, man, I want a BMW, too. He's like, oh, you do? I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, I, I got one for you. So pretty much that's how that happened. Um, and joined the military. But, and then right before that, in the process, because I, I was bagging groceries, yeah. um, this guy had an airborne hat, Ranger and all that stuff. And I was like, hey, you jump out of planes? He's like, yeah. And, you know, I was like, cool. And he kept coming in. I talked to him. Yeah. And so as soon as I said, um, you know, I, I, the video – but but I didn't pick I didn't pick that because of the video. I picked it because of the bonus. I was looking for the bonus. Oh, that! Um, you know, I had a family, you know, yeah, so yeah. I made a choice for the for the fam. What other options uh, they give you? Fourteen. No, 14. what other op? What other options? Oh. As far as like, no, I, I had a whole bunch, man. I had a whole bunch, and, and surprisingly, I didn't know nothing about that. You know, he 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 pulled up. He said anything right here. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the bonuses, you know, it went from <laughs> six to eight to 12 to 14. I see the 14. I'm like that one. And then I asked, Hey, can I go airborne? He was like, yep. I was like, he goes, God. he was just like, yep. <laughs> Do you know what your uh, recruiters MOS was prior to getting in? He was 13 Bravo also. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Good shit. So did he even have to play the video for you or you were already sold on it? He played it. Um, my dad had told me because I told him I was gonna do it, and he didn't believe me. You know, my dad was. It's not that he didn't believe me. It's just he's he he did four years active duty, and then he did reserve national guard. Okay. Um, but he know he knows you ain't fully in until you swear in, and then you swear right. in again, and then you do yep. that again, and then you take off. But he's like, hey, don't do combat arms. I didn't know nothing about that. I didn't take pay attention nothing. I saw that bonus. He's like, hey, yeah. what you what you do? I was like, Phil artillery. He's I told you not to do combat arms. I was like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Shit, so let's see. So you ended up fucking, so 
on your way to basic training in Fort Sill, I'm guessing, right? Osa, yeah. what year was that? Uh, 2001. Oh, shit, 2001, 2001. in Fort Sill. What battery were you, you remember? Ah, uh, man, Echo 122. Echo 122, right yeah. on. Yeah. Damn. You remember who your drill sergeants were? <laughs> I, I actually, I do. Uh, I ran into one when I went to Fort Sill. He was a civilian. Um, uh, his name was Drill Sergeant Mert. Um, I ran into another one when I was at Fort Lewis. He was the brigade sergeant major at the other ACRC unit that was in our building. Yeah. Um, and then I ran uh, – the other one, I don't know where he's at or anything like that. You know, but the crazy thing about that in, in basic training, man, we had three drill sergeants, or senior drill sergeant, was uh, Drill Sergeant Williams, Staff Sergeant Merck, Drill Sergeant, and then uh, the one that I met, Lohmeyer, at uh, Fort Lewis. Yeah. He was on the way out. Okay. So he had, we only had him for like a month. Then that Williams became the senior, and then Mert was the one underneath him. Damn. I don't know what it was. They were fighting or whatever, and I didn't, I didn't kind of put the puzzle pieces together until later. Mm -hmm. um, they were fighting or whatever, so we hardly ever had a Drill Sergeant around. Oh, shit. Yeah, but but we were the most disciplined platoon, you know, going through basic training or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, the other drill sergeants would always tell us, you know, hey, y'all most disciplined, you know, because we, we had some we had some dirt bags in the other, you know, other platoons. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you went in what early two thousand and one or late two thousand and one? Yeah, February two thousand one. Oh shit! Great fucking Fort Sill winters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, man. That's what's yep. up. Echo one two two. I was in Delta one two two, but way after in two thousand and four. So any okay. drill sergeants you had there were probably gone by then. Yeah. Because uh, I remember in Echo one two two, there was this one big ass black dude with a gold tooth, bro. That motherfucker was scary. Him and then my old fucking first sergeant was there in Echo one two two. His name was Amaral. So I don't. He was probably after your time there as well. Yeah, probably. One two two. But yeah, that's what's up. So all right, bet you did your sixteen weeks. What you think of it? You thought field artillery is too easy? No, man. Um, so basic training, first couple of weeks it was hard because I just I just didn't know what I was getting into. And I kind of wanted to quit, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but but you know, I think everybody has that mental, you know, break or whatever. Um, because I just I guess I just didn't know. I didn't research or anything like that. I was just right. one of those, make the decision, you know, and do it. Um, but then that Drew Sergeant Williams, he was a black guy. Yeah. He had told me, he had told me this and it stuck with me the whole time. He said, man, I'm kind of disappointed in you because my bunk was the second one from his office. Okay. And my battle buddy, which was the first bunk, great guy, but he was just not um, – he was a 180 of what I was. Like, my shit was squared away. Um, give me one second, living. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't mean to pump the brakes on this. Give me one second. I'm going to have to pause the recording. Apparently, okay. I had a mishap at the house. Give me about probably one or two minutes. Yeah, no worries. No All right, worries. get a bathroom break in. Ladies okay. Gentlemen, by the power of pause, we'll be back, and it'll be like nothing happened. <laughs> I'll be back. All right, y'all, uh, by the magic of the pause button, y'all have no idea, but it's been about a good five, ten minutes. <laughs> and um, just a quick mishap, a uh, ceiling fan, shit fell down, busted, whatever. Dogs are fine. Kids are fine. So prior to that, though, Sergeant Jay over here was letting us know about a shitbag soldier that um, was in basic with him and an upset drill, a drill sergeant that uh, was wondering if he was going to do better. So let's go ahead and com uh, continue on there, if you don't mind. No, yeah, so, 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 yeah, I was going through, you know, when I first got there, I was going through a bad time mentally. Um, but then, you know, my, my, my battle, because that was my battle, he was, uh, he was unsquared away, but he was a great guy. Um, I was, on the other hand, squared away, but was just going through that mental thing, you know. Um, right. 
and, and, and the drill uh, he had told me, he's like, man, you know what? I'm kind of upset with you because Hispanics are one of the most high speed in the military. Oh, shit. And I was like, you know, that, that, threw, that threw me back because I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to hear that, you know. Right. He, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, it doesn't matter. Hispanics, they're freaking high speed. And it wasn't nothing about race or anything like that. You know, there was just something that he had, he had known, he had he expected, and right. that flipped the switch in me to the point where it was just like, bam, you know, I just kept going. And, and I always had that in the back of my mind. I told a couple of guys that, that I knew um, mm. when they were having bad times, and I would say, hey, this is, this is the deal. Um, so, you know, that changed. That changed, that changed my whole mental. I was good to go. Yeah. I graduated basic training the same day I flew to freaking Airborne School, man. Oh shit. Right on. Yeah. This uh this was he um did he end up retiring at uh King? Was that his name? No, it was Williams. Williams. Oh well, I thought you said it was a drill sergeant King there for some reason. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, okay, Williams. Okay, right on. Cause the only Williams that I knew, well, he was somebody else. He was my senior drill sergeant Williams, big old tall white boy, airborne, high speed, yeah. pissed off person. But anyways, no, moving on. I never ran into this guy ever again. Oh, dude, I, I ran into two of my drill sergeants. Uh, one of them, I ran into him out there in uh, Korea the first time. His name was Castro, I think his name was. Um, and then from there, I ran into drill sergeant Showmaker. That motherfucker. He was the first sergeant last time I saw. He was cool as shit, though. Oh, yeah. Showtime. Oh, this man, I swear to God, was like a Rolodex of ARs <laughs> in, um, in basic. But he was also the NBC, the NBC NCO yeah. in, in drill, right? Uh, in basic, so the night before the fucking gas chamber, he's like, all right, privates, tomorrow's the day. You guys going to go to the gas chamber. Are you going to die? No, but you're going to wish you were dead. Oh, man, truer words were never said, bro. Yeah, absolutely. We went into that gas chamber. I was fucking dying. And then like a dumbass, what do I do? I drop my fucking mask. I get out. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm all waving my arms like we're supposed to, right? Like dumbasses. Yeah, and then all I hear is, hey, battle, hey, battle, get that private over there, get that private. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then they were like, hey, private, where's your mask? Son of a bitch. So you know what they made us do back then, right? Go yeah. all the way to the cold room and then into the hot room. And then once in the hot room, they like to play games, little fuck fuck games. Yeah. I went to go grab my mask. Motherfucking drill sergeant kicks that shit from one side of the room to the other side of the room. I'm fucking choking on shit, dude. <laughs> I'm about to grab it. Drill sergeant grabs it, chucks it to the other side of the room. I'm over there running all over the place. Finally, I grab the goddamn mask. And the first thing you're supposed to do is what? Clear it, yeah. Not this guy. I grabbed it and took a big ass whiff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm choking thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> Choked on that motherfucking CS gas, bro. Good yeah. times. Good times. Great times. Probably man. back to that. Great but time. yeah. So from there, you, you went off to airborne school. That was what, like 14 days, right? Yeah. How was that? How was your first jump? Uh, first jump was the best. Um, after that, in airborne school, you, you know, it's funny. First jump, uh, man, it was a lot of us out there. You know, this was the third time I had ever been on a plane and I'm jumping out. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Um, just like your buddy, I think he said that on the other one too. The same thing with me. I, I heard that. I was like, yeah. Um, but by the way, I listen to all your podcasts. Um, <laughs> anyways, so when I jumped, we were like, Ooh, yeah, you know, you know, just screaming and, and you know, uh, laughing and stuff. 
Yeah. The, the black hat on the bottom was like, we had that mic. He's like, shut the fuck up. This is an Arabic <laughs> operation. You're supposed to be quiet, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like I said, I didn't know what was going on at that whole time. So then after that, I mean, but, uh, you know, because we did two weeks. We okay. didn't do the three weeks because it was Fourth of July weekend coming up. So okay. they were trying to push us out. So we did one jump on a Friday, and then we did two on a Saturday, two on a Sunday. I didn't even do graduation because my, uh, my ex was pregnant with my son. Oh, and he was going to go into labor. So my dad drove all the way over there, picked me up. Um, and I drove I drove the halfway back or whatever. I slept for a little bit, and then I drove back. Yeah. And then I was there, you know. That's what's up. Damn. Yeah. Then from there, you went to uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, thinking Fort you were going to be part of the All-American 82nd Airborne. And no, nope. no, it wasn't with 82nd. I wasn't. Oh, no, no, I'm tracking. But I'm thinking you yeah. thought you were probably going to go to the All-American 82nd. But I did. behold, you end up at 18 Airborne Corps, 1321, the only 198th Airborne Battalion in this free world. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have been hearing that since 2005 when I met him. <laughs> I've been hearing the only 198. <laughs> hey, and I heard you cringe the other day when somebody else said that too, and you were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who it was that said that shit, but yeah, dude. Oh, it's yeah. like, boy, man. But it's cool. I mean, that's awesome. And I know that you also hold a record or held a record at one time there with Siren Campos. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, so there's times. There are different times on a heavy drop. Uh, you have a time in the day and you have a time in the night you have to beat. Well, we beat the daytime at night, um, which was, I think it's like 24 minutes like that. You know, there's some stuff I, I keep in my mind. Some things I don't. Right. Um, but at that time, but we were like short. We had like ten seconds left, and we were about to, um, you know, bust time for that daytime. Yeah. We still would have been good for the nighttime, but we had like ten seconds, and we beat the we beat the daytime at night. That was first round downrange. Fuck yeah, damn, that's what's yeah, up. Yeah, man, that was hot shit, man. We was good. <laughs> that's what's up, especially at nighttime. I can only imagine that shit. Good night. So, uh, what would think of your experience when you were like in an airborne unit? Well, you know what. You spent your time in the airborne. Uh, you were supposed to, were you supposed to deploy with them, but didn't deploy with them. So we did deploy with them, but we didn't go to Iraq or Afghanistan. We went to Hungary. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah, we went to Hungary. We were in support of OIF, but it wasn't a part of it. Like so, right. what we did was we held a basic training for all the Iraqis that were um, exiled from Iraq. Okay. And they were going to go join the Free Fifth Army, which is the Fifth Army or whatever. Right. And so we were doing a basic training over there in Hungary. And it was supposed to be all this secret mission or whatever. Um, it didn't, it wasn't a success because they didn't get as many guys as they were supposed to. Right. Uh, we only, they only did like a few cycles or whatever. But we had, we had us as security. We had comma. We had drill sergeants. Damn. We had like all kinds of people that went to that deployment. Great deployment though. Yeah. You um, go to Budapest, it, right? Yeah. 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 We went to Budapest. Um, we went to Kapisvar, which was a town outside. Um, we, we were on guard with a lot of the Hungarian special forces guys. Damn. Those guys are amazing, freaking cool people. Um, that's when we got introduced to KBR, uh, great defect, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So you ended up finishing that tour that you had right there. Um, yep. So you came back to Bragg, right? Yeah. So did I hear correctly that you ended up engineering yourself on a jump? I did. I, I broke my leg on my 10th jump. Damn. Um, it was a, it was a night jump. Uh, during that week or that time frame, uh, they told us that we had to, we had to do a PT test. We had to go to the range 
and we had to do a jump before we can do block leap. It was about to be oh, something. Man. Yeah. So I had already did the PT test and I already did uh, the range all in the same week. I was like, and then it was a jump coming up with the engineer battalion. Uh, I think it was some engineer battalion down the road. Okay. Um, but one of the rules involved in, in, you know, which is kind of contradicting now that I think about it, you volunteer to go airborne, but when you go to an airborne unit, you don't ever volunteer for nothing, right? Right. So I, I volunteered for that jump, and boom. <laughs> oh, I broke my left leg, uh, tip fib, uh, both bones broke. Um, I was at the end of the drop zone, which is probably about a mile long on Sicily. Uh, a couple of my guys, a couple of the bow buddies had to go up on top of the hill and, and shake the, you know, the chem light and get me down there and stuff like that. And took off. So was that your last jump ever? No. no. You ended up going back to an yeah. airborne unit, right? Okay, so, we'll get to that. Go ahead. So, so when you get injured on an airborne jump, you have six months. You automatically get a six-month profile. Okay. Um, and I went in that next day, man. I was in my crutches every day. I was like, hey, cancel that shit. I'm not jumping no more. So the Sergeant Major was like, no. That's when he told me about the six months. I was like, okay. Well, then the six months came. We were deploying in like a couple of months. Yeah. So um, they didn't. it didn't matter. So then we deployed. So as soon as we got back, they said, hey, you're a pay hurt. You're about to get, uh, you're about to owe money if you don't jump tonight, you know? And I was like, Shit. what? So, you know, I was a specialist at that time. I needed the money. That was 400 something dollars. I was about to come on my check. Right. You got to make a choice, you know, family, jump or don't jump. So I jumped. Man, yeah. the guy behind me, he was one of these guys. Man, you got some idiots that just, you know, shake that, that, that static line. Just, ah, you know? <laughs> And I was a specialist at that time, and he was a sergeant. I said, hey, stop. I didn't know, you know, no tagging. I was just like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> there was a shit that whole day. But right. it ended up actually being a, a, a great jump. Uh, after that, I had, like, I think it was like nine or ten more jumps. Um, all of them great jumps. Um, I knew I was PCSing, so I had one more jump to do. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that was probably the best jump um, out of my whole career just because I had a lot of my battle buddies with me. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it was crazy because I saw my battle buddies as we were in the air. Yeah. And we're all looking at each other and everything. And then simultaneously, like, it was just, you know, we all knew what to do. We all looked at each other. was like, you know, what's up, what's up, what's up? And then, boom, automatically at the same time, we all just went and started, you know, de-rigging our stuff, getting ready for the jump. And it was just, it was cool to see that. And I don't oh, know if they yeah. saw that. I know I saw it. Um, and then we all landed. We all ran together to the, you know, the uh, rally point and walked off. Dude, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. If there's one thing that I, I wish I would have done, you know, it would have been at, uh, to jump out of fucking planes. Unfortunately, you know my slow ass can't run with the shit. So that's a no-go. Even though, I mean, I would have gotten there. You know, eventually in Korea, I became a good runner. But when I yeah. got back from Korea, done. But um, so, cool beans. So uh, you ended up coming to fucking Fort Hood. That alone had to be a big-ass transition. I mean... <laughs> You, you came back home in a way, but you came back to a whole different army atmosphere, I'm assuming. To me, this was my first unit already. So I, that's all I knew was 277. You already had a couple of years under you in the airborne land, which I think benefited me as a soldier being under you because you had different, a different mentality than a lot of other cats, I guess. Well, as long as I was in the military, I started to see difference differences right. between people and their leadership styles but so what were your thoughts your initial thoughts when you came to hood so so when i got to fort hood it was kind of weird because you know me and my my wife at the time we were walking to the welcome center you know i still had my room bray i was thinking 
Um, cause at Fort Bragg, when you go to CIF, you get two berets, you know? Okay. And, and that's, so I was thinking the same thing. I'll wait till I get to CIF and I'll get a black beret, you know, this and that. Yeah. Um, so I was still wearing my maroon beret. I was a sergeant, wasn't promotable, nothing. Um, and this staff sergeant moved out of my way. Me and my, 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 my wife at the time, we, we, yeah. uh, we moved out of my way. So he was like, Hey, so hey, you know, nervous, you know, stuttering and everything. I was like, and my, and she looked at me and she was like, don't you, don't he outrank you? I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I wore that moon beret for a couple of days um, because I didn't know. And then once I got corrected by Gunny, I can't remember his name. Anyways, he was like, um, no, when are you going to change beret? I was like, why don't I get a CIF? He's like, no, you got to go buy it. I was like, okay. So, you know, I was one of those guys. You, you only got to tell me once. Right. So I went in black beret the next day. I'm in black beret. Um, it's definitely different um, just because, you know, I was the NCO at that time. Um, and that's because I left. So back, back up to Bragg. Um, I got, I went to the board, which Campos forced me. He didn't force me. He, and he didn't beg me. It was in between the force and the beg. He asked me for a couple months. I said, no, uh, cause I saw a lot of people in that battalion. It, it was for a long time. There was nobody less than a specialist there. We were all specialists, E5, staff sergeant, whatever, mm-hmm. but I broke my leg. So a lot of people passed me up and you know, it was a respect thing at that point. I'm like, I taught you some stuff of this stuff. So I'm not disrespecting you, but you know, respect your elders, you know, it's right. kind of that mentality. Um, so I didn't get promoted. Uh, I didn't get promoted as fast as those guys, but me and this other guy, he got injured and we were still doing things. We were still going to the battery. We we're still doing, you know, the first time we give us small missions and we were still doing, well, he promoted us while we were on profile and it's like, Hey, these guys are still doing it or whatever. Right. You know, had me had me go to the board. I didn't have money. It was Christmas time. I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and go. Um, the sergeant major at that time was my first sergeant when I first got there. Okay. He goes, hey, where is? How you doing? I'm like, good. He was like, uh, he told all the first sergeants. He's like, he was my soldier when I was uh, first sergeant at HHB. <laughs> he ain't getting shit today. He's gonna earn it. Just talking. Right. God damn. So. Uh, you know, he even t- brought up my family. He's like, your family's getting big, you know, this and that. I was like, yeah, Roger Sergeant Major. So then I had to answer all the questions, you know, whatever. So I got promoted. Well, when the points came out, I busted tape by .25. What the fuck? Yeah. And so the first time we had was a fister. And he was like, nope. I was like, I was like, top. I was like, I can go take a shit right now and come back and I'll right. be good, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope. So... I don't know what he didn't do um, or what he did do. I know what he didn't do. He didn't uh, file my paperwork because we didn't have as uh, we, we had a pack at the time where you had to go take the paperwork as one had to take it to the pack, the central okay. HR area or whatever. Right. Um, in layman's terms. Um, and he didn't do that. So when the points came out, I was on the program, even though I came off three days later. Okay. Um, my points came down, so I was going to get promoted, and he was fighting with Pac, and the Pac told him, the first arm, because you failed to do your job. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fail this soldier. I didn't get promoted right away. Right. <laughs> um, they, they waited, so we were going to go to Fort Lewis and do the ROTC thing and shoot for them. Okay. And had to get transferred to a new battery because our battery got split up. And the day we got sent to Alpha Battery um, as an attachment, yeah, they promoted me that day. My platoon sergeant was fighting for me. They promoted me that day. They said, "Man, this guy's been promoted for like a month and a half. We just haven't promoted him because the first time won't let him." That's uh, bullshit. Hey, but yeah. we're making that E five pay yet? 
Yeah, I was making a pay. I was making a pay. Yeah, so I wasn't too worried about it. Right. Yeah. Um. So then when I got the hood, you know, it was the first time, you know, just kind of like in a different environment, you know. Um. That was probably. Uh. I was probably the asshole the most at that unit. <laughs> I don't know why. Really? I wasn't an asshole no more. I was actually pretty cool, you know? Right, right. Uh, so I matured a little bit as we gone, and, and I think I matured every time. I, I, I think my mentality was every term, I'll take it at a different spot. So right. when I got to Fort Hood, my, I, I thought I was going to get out at eight years. Um, right. And... I didn't. I ended up, you know, re-enlisting and going, you know, somewhere else. So right, right. Shit. Um. Yeah. And you know, when I made E five, um, well, well, we'll get to that story later. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about um our deployment because uh first um well shit you, uh, at first when I first got there I was on the gun line with uh with tank yeah and then uh they split us all up into gun trucks yeah that was that fucking month long retarded field problem that yeah. uh you know they trained us for war and um since we couldn't go to damn ntc or jrtc <laughs> yeah and um so i ended up being your gunner yep. and uh you were my sergeant and then we had old man moyer as the driver <laughs> rat face fuck wilson in the back seat <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and um how how did you think that came when when you heard that that was gonna be your gun truck what were your thought your initial thoughts be real <laughs> be real um I, you know because we had mccabe too we had mccabe at first well no that was ammo that was ammo um so um you know i, I really my initial thoughts for for being that was was just how to get y'all to not obey me or anything like that but listen to what i had to say mm -hmm. all of y'all were older than me you were the youngest <laughs> out of those two and and um was. no i think well maybe by a year okay um, um but it was y'all y'all were all smarter than me because y'all had you know years over me and this right. and that um so it was one of those that was the barrier that i had to deal okay. with um with y'all three but it it, it, at some point it, it meshed together finally and um we became one of the, you know the best crews out there in that truck because you know it, we had a really good uh relationship and then we had a really good uh work work ethic as well yeah. to the point where you know i could say hey lopez take this sector or whatever and yeah. then morning would do his and then you know whatever while i'm on the blue force tracker doing what right. i gotta do um and it was just a give and take because it wasn't something that I say that I did. It was a team, you know, um, because you gave me a couple uh, options, you know, or decisions to, to make whatever. And I'm right. like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, uh, oh. Maury was the same. Wilson, even Wilson a couple of times, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. You know, fuck that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have an issue with your age at all um, because I always thought of it. Like, I think we even talked about this when we were in Iraq, like, you know, I might be older than you in years, you know, yeah. civilian life, but you got me on military years. You know what right. I'm saying? So, I mean, I get where you would see that be like a hindrance because, you know, there's a lot of older cats that came in and shit, and they probably gave, like, people like Borson, you know, he was a young ass, he five, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I never saw the age thing. I always just fucking listened. That was taught to do what you're told, do what you're told. God damn it, just do what you're told. 
But yeah. fucking um, well, but you know, I saw something the other day that uh, this this one NCO posted. She was like, "You have different NCOs. You have the shy one. You have the one that yells. You have the one that don't give a fuck. You have the one that's cool." Yeah. And I, I had a reply, and I was like, "I think I was one of those all at one time." You know, at one point. <laughs> um, at Fort Hood, I yelled a lot. I did. Um, but then there were some times where it was just like, "Yeah, I had common sense." Um, because I fucked up as a soldier, man. I fucked up. Yeah couple of times just because not knowing sometimes you know uh sometimes you don't know a certain thing so yeah you're gonna mess up but you know when, when you do know when you mess up and you don't correct it yeah. that's where the problem you know exactly well the funny thing is that i mean i i, I expected the yelling i mean i to me i joined the fucking military right you know what i'm saying I'm, I, that's what i that's all i knew and um so i carried that along with myself as well when i when i got to korea i went to the board immediately picked up five in february of 08 which we'll get into how my incident in Baghdad didn't hinder me from progressing because I learned, oh, <laughs> but fucking, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I, I brought that along with me too. And I think as a young E5, you know, you're still trying to figure out your leadership style. So you go off what you know, what worked with you should work with others, you know? And then, um, so I was a big time yeller and a big time smoker. I mean, yeah. you know, I would smoke the dog shit out motherfuckers out there. And then, Anyways, back to Baghdad. So uh, we got together. We did our fucking shit. It was me, Moyer. Who who made the the list, or who did the um the the manning of who's gonna be the driver, who's gonna be the AG, who's gonna be the gunner, or was that something that was already written, like figured out for y'all? I, I think that was uh I think that was figured out. But then once um once everybody kind of got uh well I think it what what it was was um what was figured out was who was gonna be in the truck. Okay. Um, and then once we certified as, because we remember we did that at you Camp Buren or whatever, you know, whatever. And that was kind of like the section or table six or whatever. Right. Um, that's what your job was or whatever. Um, right. But then we kind of did, we were able to make that change, you know, this and that. But, you know, if you wanted to be a gunner or somebody wanted to be a gunner or whatever, that was cool. It didn't matter. But, dude, you you were freaking amazing up there, man. You freaking saved your lives a couple of times, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Moyer still makes fun of me for one of those incidents, but fucking, um, uh, cause it was funny. Uh, I remember when, uh, when we were, when I became the gunner, I remember going to the 50 cal range. I remember Sanchez, I'm going to tell Sanchez about this too. Remember when we went to the 50 cal range on the Humvees, that motherfucker just unloaded the whole 50 cal can <laughs> without stopping. Just da, 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 yeah. the whole fucking way through. Like, dude. And he probably said it then. First. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that was a good fucking podcast. Hey, listeners, if y'all haven't gone yet, he's the host of the Under the Net podcast, the one I always plug at the end of the shit. He's the host of it. And uh, fucking, it's an amazing podcast. It's like this, but more, I always find, I struggle with the words for it, but more, I guess, formatted, more professional. Mine is, we're fucking at a bar, and his is more, you're at fucking Red Lobster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that comment, but I, I, I don't really think that is that way either. I just think that, you know, we just trying to get the story out there, you know, and trying to, right. you know, find some structure and, and uh, you know, keep it you know, you know simple um, because in, in reality, I think yours is the same way. Yours is like Red Lobster, and mine's at the fucking <laughs> just just different you know verbiage or whatever or anything like that. Um, but it's still, I think yours is you know better than mine. Um, nah, we we are we work off of each other. Right, absolutely, and, and it's not a competition or anything like that. I just think that yours is just yours is good 
Um, and there's a lot of things that I pull from just to kind of like structure mine and, and, and just go from there. And, um, yeah, but dude, I love, I love listening to yours. Um, and like I said, this is different, you know, being on this side of the, of the, of the it is. definitely. <laughs> See, I, I had it early when I went onto your podcast, I was still new at this shit. So yeah. whenever I go back on there, if ever invited, Hey, you know, it's gonna. It's kind of hard giving up that uh, the mic. You know what I'm saying? Because now you there's probably points where you want to interject and move it this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, work. yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely gonna be invited. Uh, I just, my my schedule's all the way. I think I think I just filled up the last slot in August. So all oh, right on. Um, I'm just. And of course, he got. From, I, I don't wait. You know this and that. So. So yeah. So Baghdad, right? So. I got into an incident in Baghdad. Everybody that was in 277 knows about it. Um, so here's the story that what of what really occurred that night, all right? Well, <sighs> no, you know, here's the thing. I've already heard that story. I've heard it a couple of times through your, your podcast or, you know, itself. Okay. Yes, I got fucked up because, but the whole reason behind of why I got drunk that night. Okay, yeah, tell me that then. All right, the reason I got drunk that night was because my uh, homeboy, Snowburger, had just gotten killed. Okay. So, and then when I found out that there was an opportunity to get drunk, I got drunk and I went above and beyond. Uh, but anyways, that was that. So what was your question? What do you know I don't know about? Well, no, um, I think that answered my question. And I think this is where I think in myself internally that I made a change because I think in that unit right there, I was unapproachable. Um, I took care of my guys because, you know, a lot of times in the inspections that we had with smoke, I mean, he was a hard guy too. Um, but as a leader, I, there was a lot of times that we were in the back and I was like, Hey, you know, he's like earplugs. I'm like, I'm looking down the line. And I'm like, y'all got him. You know, so I'm passing them down. Cause I had extra sets of everything in my pocket and, and I'm looking out for y'all and I'm just like, okay. Um, you know, let's, let's be good. Um, so I took care of my guys always. I've always done that. Yeah. And it wasn't, approachable you know what that's a good that is a good that's a good uh what's it called hindsight that's a good fucking i never yeah. thought about that because we never um we talked yeah but we never really like got into each other's emotions or feelings right i think that was more due to the environment that we were in as well yeah, well, that too, but I mean, because there were some times where I was lax, you know, in the truck, and, and we kind of like goofed around and stuff, but we didn't get that one-to-one -one, um, right. where I understood what you were doing and like that, and, and, and I think as, I, as you say that, that kind of in my mind is like, well, damn, if you would have told me that, it could have been a different direction or anything like that, you know, but right. I don't think, that, that's my fault, though, for being unapproachable, because after that unit, very unapproachable, <laughs> you know, even, even the platoons aren't. I've had a lot of guys tell me, as a platoon star, you're the most approachable platoon star that I've ever had, um, you know, this and that. I'm just like, well, I've just been in a lot of these situations right. before. I've been in a lot, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot, so it's not reason why I'm going to raise my blood pressure over something like this. You know? Right. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's my dumbass that fucking got shit-faced, you know, and I should have, uh, I was going to drink, and, you know, um, that just, you know, I'm not going to put it as an excuse, but when yeah. Morrison said, I got some moonshine, I said, I got some rippets. So, you know, I got fucked up. And what fucking killed it, there was a fucking staff sergeant that he's the one that put me over. The, he uh, gave me a shot of fucking tequila. Yeah. And that was it right there. I, that, it was over. 
yeah. next thing I know is I'm waking up to banging on my fucking door. And I'm like, oh, fuck what happened last <laughs> night. And then, um, but yeah, dude. And then Smoke told me, look, look, Lopez, we can nip it in the bud right here. You know, tell me what happened. Tell yeah. me what happened. But I'm not a snitch. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to snitch nobody out. So I just had to take the fucking fall, man. And I mean, I did it. It, it wasn't nobody's fault but mine. You know what I mean? But right. what I did learn from it, though, uh, I did learn from it was don't get caught. I'm not going to say that I didn't drink again out there in Baghdad or I mean, or in Iraq uh, or any deployment. <laughs> Hell, yeah. You know, just make sure you do it responsibly. Right. <laughs> my first, my first platoon sergeant at, at Bragg when I got on the gun line, cause that I was in ammo. Ammo was in headquarters okay. um, until September 11th happened and they moved all 13 Bravos to the gun line. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want them doing anything like that. If they were going to do ammo, they were going to do it at the gun line. Right. Um, and uh, my first platoon sergeant when I went to the gun, like I was only in headquarters for like a month or two, so don't, you know. Um, <laughs> That's like being, um, I get you, man. I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, but uh, my first platoon sergeant said that same thing, and that stuck with me. And I told my guys the same thing, too. He goes, I know you're fucking doing it. Just don't get fucking caught. All right. And, um, and it's not right to say, do what you're going to do. You know, but everybody's human. Everybody's right. going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to do stupid shit. You know, this and that. But when you get caught, that's when that person, that leader or whatever, has to act on it and, you know, go from there. And now you're question. Now you're question at that point, my integrity or right, you know, right. this and that. So it's just one of those things, you know? Yep. No, I completely agree. And, you know, what's funny, yeah. it's crazy is um, that, you know, thank God that fucking um, First Art and Brenton, uh, you know, he had my back on it. Uh, you guys had my back from what I know or what I was told. I heard yeah. that uh, Captain Flores wanted to fucking slam me, though. You know, I heard that he yeah. wanted to just. But I think one of the benefits that of it all was that it was happening during the change of command. So I yeah. don't know if that had a lot to do with this shit getting. Because when I got told 45, 45 and uh, half months pay or whatever the fuck it was, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, I'm restricted to a fob. Okay. <laughs> You know, 45 days extra duty. You know, the extra duty part, though, that shit fucked me up because we were going on missions on those nights. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But, I mean, yeah, I stepped on my dick and I bounced back off of it, you know. All it did was my flag was lifted right before my two-year mark, so I made E4 right on time. And so You had always told me in the truck, you're like, I'm going to catch up to you. I'm going to catch up to you. And I was like, I hope you do. I'm not, you know, knocking you, whatever. And I remember the results from my my list came out. And I think your list came out. You you emailed me. You're like, I'm staff sergeant. And I was like, I'll make a sergeant first class. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I mean, it's crazy, though, how things happen, man. It's It's really crazy how things happen. Like, I'm thinking hindsight right now. All those missions we were on, all those times on the road. All those pucker effects. I mean, fucking the time that the fucking uh, I'm thinking one of the times was when Sexy was with us saying that I might be having a heart attack up there or whatnot. Yeah, you're going to blow a blood vein or something like that. I'm like, whatever, (laughs) man. But, but, you know, uh, and I say this all the time, you know, uh, you were kind of like Moses, man. You would make them freaking them roads like spread like water, man. It's like you couldn't find her out. And sometimes we would just turn and be like, holy shit. uh, How are we going to get through this? Don't worry about it. We got it. And, and we, got it. we would make it happen. And, you know, uh, it was just amazing, man. It was funny, y'all. There was this E5 that was in a gunner's hatch. And we were, we were going, coming out of Fob Falcon. 
and yeah. we're going south on fucking that road. I can't remember what it's called, but fucking we're going down south on it. And um, some of you were like, what are you doing? You ain't going to get through there? Shut the fuck up. I got this. Watch me. I'm a little fucking PFC telling the fucking E5, shut the fuck up. I got this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we pushed Land- on. y'all probably didn't see this, but Landis and them, Landis and Maui and, and um, Weimer, sometimes they would come up to me and be like, hey, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Right. And I would tell them, I said, no, sometimes, you know, it, it was us. We all right. came up with that decision together to say, this was a better route because right. it was a feeling, you know, there was a couple of times where we made a different choice and the, the, the guys behind us made the wrong choice and yeah. they made that choice, you know, where they, they had some, you know, casualties or whatever. Yeah. And we were just kind of like, and that's when the question would come like, well, why did y'all do that? I don't know, man. We just fucking did what we did, you yep. know, cause we had everybody in mind that, we, that was behind us. We were up front. We took that personal. Hell and, yeah. Yeah, and we wanted to bring everybody back. So that was the biggest thing, man. Well, shit. I mean, every fucking briefing that we had, all we kept hearing was like, oh, yeah, um, when you guys deploy, the gunner's the one that usually dies. The gunner's the one that usually dies in the Long Harm V. Like, well, thanks a fucking lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we, it, it was what it was. You know, I was ready for it. I had already made my fucking peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I still yeah, remember. You know, as, as, a, as a leader, though, and as an NCO, you might have made that piece. I didn't. So, yeah. so it goes a step further. You know, me and us as a truck. Oh yeah. Uh, thinking about the rest of the convoy, but me, I'm thinking about y'all as well. So I got to make the best, you know, make the better choice. And that's why you had a different view than I did. Right. Morgan had a different view sometimes. So it was like, I, I'm not gonna say, oh, it's my way or the highway. You know, right. that's where people get fucked up. No, and you know what? The the trust that you put in me, I do appreciate. I mean, because fucking. Like you said, I had a much better view up there. I knew where the traffic was, and I'll be goddamned if we were going to go under that tunnel of love. That shit was not happening, Chief. Yeah. It was not yeah. happening. Yeah. That's why I was making – that's why that motherfucker said I was going to blow a blood vessel and then telling me that I did it wrong because I told the Haji to move that fucking brick. <laughs> I couldn't tell, man. I, that shit could have been a EFP. We're getting fucked hey. up out there with EFPs, man. Hey, then that was a smart tactic to me, though, because you're having them moving, not us, you know? Like, exactly. and, you know, um, you know, and it's just stuff that you think about, you know, while you're there. Um, yeah. And there's a lot, a lot of things that, you know, um, civilians don't think about. And that's why, right. that's another reason why th- that this podcast is really good. Because now you get to understand a little bit and you hear our stories, you hear our thought processes, yep. and you hear why we made decisions and this and that. Thinking of not just our guys, but, you know, everybody else. Because I don't want to see that shit happen here, you know, you know, whatever. Exactly. So. Exactly, yeah. dude. I mean, uh, I know as a leader, when I became a leader and I deployed with my, my Joes under me, um, my mission was to bring them home. Take them there, bring them home. If Absolutely. I come home, I, you know, I don't care if I don't come home as long as they come home. Okay. And I did everything within my power. Like, just like you gave me, like, the authority of doing whatever I had to do in the hatch, yeah, I yeah. told my gunner, hey, man, I don't give a fuck if they look like they're throwing a fucking rock or a shoe. If they make a motion like they're throwing something, you take them out. Yeah. Take them out. You know, I will back you up. You Absolutely. know, and I, dude, I, t- and I told him, hey, Remy, what are you going to do if you get a chance? Kill them all day, every day, chief. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Because you got to have that trust up there with them, man. Yeah. Hey, hey. so tell me, um, tell me the story. Why, why did I dust you off that one time? I, I don't know what I'm. Oh, know. my God. I don't remember. So, oh, I'm going to remember. I remember it was a night mission that we were going on. I think we're probably going to go to Butler Range. And um, actually, yeah, I think it was a Butler Range mission. And um, I was talking with, uh, I, I don't know who, which one, I don't know if I was talking with Cruz 
or I was talking to Sergeant Landis, I think it was Sergeant Landis, and he said something about, oh, your chief's gonna get on you. And I was like, my chief's over there in Falcon. And then he's like, what'd you say? Like, he's at Falcon. So then he takes off and comes to you. And apparently he heard that I called you a blue Falcon. You said, oh, I'm a Falcon? I'm a Falcon? Oh my God, it was such a fucking mix up there. Cause I was talking about Sarn Taylor. I think I was talking with Cruz or somebody else about Sarn Taylor. And, yeah. um, and then fucking Landis heard that shit. All I know is I'm walking out with my 240 and my canister. Beat your fucking face! Beat your, <laughs> get down! Beat your fucking face! Like, what the fuck did I do? I'm in parade rest and shit. I got the face shield on, everything ready. Beat your face. I'm a fucking falcon, huh? I'm a fucking falcon, huh? <laughs> I didn't say that, Sergeant J. I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting my ass dusted. Oh, oh. oh, but you know what? I get it now. I get it. Once I got into that leadership position, I understand. Even wrong, right, or indifferent, you have to back up your fucking NCO. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the story came out afterwards. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I don't know if I apologize or not. If I didn't, I apologize now. But but at that time, I was like, fuck it, whatever. He'll grow from it. Yep. <laughs> hey, I need the muscles anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, over some good fucking times, man. I mean, yeah, and I, I didn't think you were gonna go that route with that story, man. I thought you were gonna talk about the one with the picture. Um. Uh, Cause I heard that one with, uh, I think it was. Uh, oh no, nobody knows that story. No, you. They said it. What's his name? Said it. Uh, Diaz said it. The picture. Oh, that hey. story. Yeah, yeah. Fucker. Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. that was the one that got me canceled from OP Seven. <laughs> 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 Every time I see that picture, man, I'm like fucking Diaz. <laughs> Dude, no, it trips out. Like you know that that deployment from the get go, it seemed like it was gonna be a shitty one. You know, from our first mission. From the get go, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You no, know, that was a that was a rough fucking day, and yeah. you yeah. know, because I was in the second truck, and then you were in the first truck of Holguin, and um, and then the third truck was the one that got hit with the fucking EFP, which yeah. is a trip because it's usually the first vehicle. There you go. Truck. Yes, and that's what fucks me up mentally. Me. That's too. what fucks me up is because. You, that first truck is the one that goes off. So it's like, you, you know, sometimes you think it could have been me, you know? And, and, and sometimes a lot of people tell me, like, why do you live the way you live? You know, cause, and I'm like, because there's a couple of times that deployment, my Afghanistan deployment, um, man, had it rough, you know? So, so my life, in my mind, I think I shouldn't even be here sometimes, you know? Um, and, but I'm grateful. I'm oh, really yeah. grateful that I'm here. I'm really grateful what I'm doing. I'm really grateful that I'm still, you know, be able to do this. So, um, you know, and it took me a minute to get over that. It took me, you know, some mental thoughts or whatever. And, and I deal with it every now and then. But, um, oh, my gosh, um, just that alone just freaking could stir somebody to go crazy, you know? Fucking hey, I mean, it tripped me the fuck out because it was supposed to – it's usually the, always the first fucking truck that sets it off. Yeah. So you guys didn't set it off. We didn't set it off. And yeah. I still remember just clearly hearing the doo-douche. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I ducked and I looked to the back. And that's when I saw the Humvee go over the fucking um, the median and go hit the ditch. And I'm looking at LT and I'm like, ID, ID. I did a fucking Moyer. ID. <laughs> you know, I yelled that shit out. And uh, when we went back around and fucking that, that, like the, the, that scene alone fucked me up. Cause yeah. um, there were three Lopez's there. 
All right, so it was me, PFC Lopez. There was yeah. E5 Lopez, and then there was uh, the Staff Sergeant Lopez. Yep. So when we make that turn, and, um, you know, we're calling for the medic, and we're fucking uh, trying to do first aid. I see fucking uh, Sergeant Lopez holding his throat. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah, fucking um, they tell me, go get the litter. So I turn around and go get the litter. As I did that, that's when the secondary went off. Yeah. When Doc Walker got killed. So fucking um, that shit fucking shakes me up. I feel a concussion blast. And I'm like, that's why I, I froze for about a, a second or two. And then the training kicked in. But what made me freeze was um, they were like, okay, uh, who's that? Who was, who's, who's, uh, they were doing the setting up the report, right? And they were like, uh, yeah, we got two KIA, Lopez and Walker. And I started feeling myself like yeah. Lopez, Lopez. So I'm touching my like, okay, not me, right? Not me. And like my nerves were getting shocked, dude. But from there, fucking everything, the training kicked in. And then Keys, I still remember his name, Keys the Gunner, just started lighting the motherfuckers up over the overpass because they remember cheering and all that shit. Yeah. Dude, it, it, that day, it, like, I, I can still see that shit vividly every fucking day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thank God, like you said, that we made it through. Yeah. But my shrink said that I have survivor's guilt, and um, that's what fucks me up a lot through it. Oh, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. And, and that was something that, you know, when I talked with Campos the, uh, a couple episodes ago on my mm-hmm. podcast, I wasn't sure to bring it up or not because um, he was in that truck. Mm-hmm. But we did talk about it briefly, but not in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of respect, man. You know, sometimes that, you know, it's something that I, that I have. I respect for other people. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I just kind of knew I, I, I didn't want to push the, you know, buttons or whatever. But Oh, I do. Man, push them all the time. That, that, dude, we were only in country two weeks, man. That set the tone for the rest of the freaking year, you know? Exactly. Um, which is hard because I was 23. Damn. First deployment, brand new. Like, I think I was at E5, probably like a – well, I think I was promotable at that point. Mm-hmm. But the points were so high or whatever, you uh, know, whatever. 790 never. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I was only in the military five years. Right. So, you know – um that's just one of those things where it was just it was just it wasn't just the deployment it was just my time in you know grade my time of service my age um you know and just having to make decisions like this and and this is where america doesn't realize what they do with their soldiers because look at me man look at you you know look at us um that gun truck that platoon you know that battery or whatever however you want to say it you know you got a lot of young people in there you know the sons and daughters you know you have uh parents uh mothers and, and and fathers you know that are over there doing this and making these tough decisions and that tough decision started back when i was in high school whether i was gonna go you know to high school or not yep. finish it or not and then you just keep going man like dude we can keep going a lot of the tough decisions that i had oh yeah dude <laughs> uh, it's just it's fucking crazy man i mean just thinking about it like you said it set the tone for the whole fucking deployment yeah, you know, because the day before that or two days before that was when we had the rocket attack at OP7 when it was me, Cruz, and Revere up there and Kowalczyk. <laughs> Stupid Kowalczyk. I don't even think <laughs> anybody I love, hearing, I love hearing those backstories of what y'all were doing over there because, you know, as NCO, sometimes you don't hear that. And that's yeah. where, um, I again, I apologize because I was unapproachable. Right. Um, but, like, because if I was approachable, I would have known about all this, you know, and I didn't. Uh, I knew y'all were doing stupid shit, but sometimes I was just kind of like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. And I had to let some of that shit go. Um, 
but but it, I love hearing these stories because it's just kind of like holy shit, like that's hilarious. Like they really did that. They really did this, you know. Right. Uh, and later in my career, I was just kind of like that would have been acceptable because I got it, you know. I get right. it. <laughs> Dude, so let's talk about your career progression. So you ended up fucking we damn the Baghdad just took up pretty much a whole lot of fucking time. But we don't have a time limit here on the gun line. Yeah. I don't kick motherfuckers out under the net. <laughs> well, no, you know, hey. I, under the net, you know, I, I try to go as long as I can. I don't have a timeline either. Yeah. I just feel when the conversation is kind of going a little dry. Yeah. And that part of that's my problem, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't have another questions or anything like that. Um, but I, I tell you this, uh, with Under the Net, uh, I love the podcast. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of good feedback from it. It's, it's a mental thing, too. It, it it's is. a mental thing that you have to, you know, um, prepare for it. You can't just go and record, you know. Right. Sometimes you can um, but it also depends on the guest too. The yep. guest has to be openly ready to speak. And sometimes what I've experienced in the last few guests that I've had, they've been nervous, yeah. you know, they've been nervous. And then as soon as you get midway, they start talking. And then once it's right. over, they're just like, man, we could have talked about this. We could talk about that. We could talk about this. Like, well, you know, you've been on the schedule this long, you know, but exactly. it's just, it's just an experience, man. It's nothing that, you know, uh, hate or anything like that. It's just, exactly. just like, no, I, dang, all for fun. And then when you bring them on the second time, man, they just fucking, uh, it, it just flows so much more smooth. Like yeah. when I had Marquez on, well, Marquez is just a fucking natural when speaking. And so yeah. was Hunt, you know, like there was no nerves, no nothing. But some people, like I've, some people was like pulling teeth, you know, yeah, trying to get them to open up at first. But then yeah. afterwards, after they get the, um, the, and I think what's helping out is actually this pandemic shit, having us talking in this format. I think that's beneficial to us because now everybody's getting used to doing this. You know what I mean? Right. So and that's why I'll tell a lot of people, Hey, listen, my pocket is like, there's some that are boring, you know, but uh, there's some that I'm trying to work on or whatever, but right. yeah. Um, but so, back to what we were saying. Yeah. Back to fucking uh, out of Fort hood. Uh, I ended up going to Korea and uh, you know, yeah, I stepped on my dick, but I went, luckily I made E4. Then I got to December, went to the board, February, picked up E5. I was on track, made fucking, five what is it five and three six and four and then just rolled out the career till at year 10 they kicked my ass out said we don't need you no more getting aborted so what did you end up doing you ended up fucking going to germany i believe so uh as soon as we got back from iraq um Mm -hmm. we had the 90 day stabilization Mm -hmm. but i was already on order so remember when we were at fort uh we were in uh, baghdad we went on leave and when we were on block leave or r&r whatever and we came back the rest of the battalion had already got those options. School, uh, stay with the unit and go somewhere else. Or for two uh, and shit like stay that. On yeah. Fort Hood and go somewhere else or do drill sergeant recruiter. Right. Uh, so when we came back, we were catching the tail end of that. And I, I picked drill sergeant. I wanted to go drill sergeant. I was like, fuck Hell that. Hell yeah. Um, because that was already going with the flow of what I was going. And I just got promoted, you know, whatever. The staff sergeant, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I'll do this. I'll do drill sergeant. Yeah. Um, but uh Todd was like, no, uh, I already stuck my neck out for a couple guys. They they reneged. He goes, I'm not gonna do that again. I'm like, okay. Um, so they put me down as PCS. I'm leaving. Well, when I did that, that opened up the window for me to uh branch had already uh pulled my my name. Yeah, they already put me on assignment. I was going to 173rd Airborne in Germany. So when we came back, I already knew that. I re I re-enlisted, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, on my 90 day stabilization, that 91st day, I was on the plane with my family and we were going to uh, Germany. Orale. Wow. Yeah. 
So when we got there, um, I got taken care of really good. Uh, Pablo Machine, 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 I can't remember saying his name or whatever. Uh, shout out to him. He took care of my family. He came, him, and another van. I was supposed to get on. So when you get to Germany, it's yeah. all streamlined. You're supposed to get on a bus and, you know, go here and go there, whatever. Well, he got, he had the van. He had another van. They came, they picked me and my family up, and we went straight to uh, the unit. Oh, wow. Uh, well, when I got there the next day, well, when I got to Germany, they were coming back from Graf. Okay. Um, and so the next day when I was at work, they were coming to work. That was their first day at work. But they were going on block leave um, that oh, Friday to go because they were at a point as soon as they got back. Like they already had their, you know, main bodies and stuff like that. So they right. did a 15-month. I did a 12-month. Right. Um, so um, I went to uh, – I talked to my sergeant major, showed him my NCOER, you know, this and that. And he was like, damn, you got Iraq dust on your boots. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I just, I just got back. You know, through, he's like, we'll let you go. Your family's here. We'll let you stay back. Um, and then finally I went to Afghanistan a couple months later, you know. Um, but, you know, I was one of those guys where I was always trying to think and, and do things instead. I did phase two B-knock already when I was at Fort Hood. Okay. I just didn't, didn't do phase one. So I was on staff duty one day, and I called. And I was like, hey, when does phase one start? They had one right there in Bamberg. Mm. And he was like, um, today was day zero. I was like, holy shit. He's like, but if you can get all your paperwork done, we can get you in. I was like, okay, cool. Done. So then, yeah, so I went to being on phase one. And, and while I was deployed, I had, you know, completed that. Or I completed before I deployed. Yeah. And I was in Afghanistan, man, for uh, 12 months, man. That shit was fucking crazy. Where were you at in Stan? Uh, we were at uh, Fob uh, Libert, which was uh, – about two clicks from the Urshan Pass and RC East. Okay. So we were almost up there by Pakistan. We were about a click away from Pakistan. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Fucking um, Afghanistan for me was a different type of deployment. You know, deployments differ. Uh, yeah. Mine was at Fop Gambary teaching fucking monkeys how to shoot artillery. Yeah. You know. Well, the second time I was in RC South. How was that down there? Different. Totally different. Not. Low not, or fast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, it was a little bit slower. Well, um, RC East was pretty fucking uh, active because uh, yeah. we had we had uh, a couple of fobs out there. We had Cop Joyce, Monty, and Monty was fucking shooting every goddamn day. Yeah, you know, so so, so that guy that got the uh, uh, the Medal of Honor, uh, the Staff Sergeant Salvatore or whatever, yeah. he was in one seventy third that time. He oh, was they were deployed, um, and I got a book. Um, I, when I was in Fort Lewis, they had, you know how they had at the MWR, they had all these free books and stuff like that. Yep. I pulled up this book and I got it in my box. And when I opened it up, it had everything that happened in that area. It had our unit, you know, where we were at and stuff like yeah. that. I gave it to my dad. I was like, here, read this. And he was like, holy shit. He goes, that's crazy, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I kept that book, um, you know, just because it had our unit on there. Right. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, totally different. Um, totally different uh, uh, situations. And you say fucking monkeys and shit. That's funny. I got a story about that. So, <laughs> you know, I had Gunny Swiner uh, or CW3 Swiner on my podcast a couple of yeah. times ago. And uh, me and him were really good buddies. Really good buddies. Um, and that, that fob we were at, uh, it was probably like 30 of us from the Army. Mm -hmm. uh, two Marines, about 30 or 40 A&A, Afghan Army. And then we had like 60 or something uh, security force of the locals. Oh, dale, okay. We pulled them in and they helped us. They pulled guard with us. Yeah. And then the, the army had their own. Um, 
And then we had a Legion platoon, an infantry okay. platoon. But they were only there for a little bit. They, they were only there for the summer. In the winter, they left because they could go do other stuff. So they didn't want to just keep them stagnant. Right. So then we were doing it. We had an OP. We had two different OPs. Um, and I was at my platoon sergeant, which I had already served with at Bragg. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a staff sergeant now, and he was, platoon, he was E7. And so we would go to the OP, and uh, the guys kept telling me, we had radio shares, the guys keep telling me, because I slept with my guys and the, with the Afghani guys. Orale. We had two different little hooches, and I slept with those guys. Cause they had cops, they had a fire, you know, all that stuff. I was like, man, I ain't sleeping on the floor. Fuck that. You know? <laughs> right. Hell yeah. yeah. So um, when we had a radio guard at night, the guys would always say, man, we got, we got some monkeys out there. There's monkeys. And I was like, what, what do you mean? There's monkeys. They're like, yeah, we hear them, you know, at night. So yeah. um, I told doc one day, I was like, Hey doc, let's go see these fucking monkeys. I was like, plus Pakistan's just right there, man. Let's just fucking climb up the mountain and let's just go. You yeah. know, and we had wire, you know, around a little hot, a hooch or whatever. Yeah. So we left. Me and Doc left. <laughs> we're we're climbing, we're climbing, we're climbing. We're trying to get to Pakistan, you know, to see Pakistan, and we're climbing, we're climbing, and we had been climbing for about forty minutes. What? The and fuck? yeah, and nothing. We weren't even close. <laughs> we were not even close. And all we had was our weapon. We didn't have no gear or nothing, you know. And, and I probably no. shouldn't be saying this, but but it's funny. Um, so where we stopped at, we saw the monkeys. There was a little family of monkeys. There's probably like eight of them. Crazy. Wait, real monkeys or Afghans? Real monkeys, yes. Oh. <laughs> real monkeys. And, we, and that was where they were living. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, that's what they had like a little rock hooch or whatever, and they were living there. So all of them were living there. So I was like, Doc, it started sprinkling. I was like, Doc, let's, let's head back, you know, because if somebody gets hurt or anything like that, I was like, yeah, you're here, but it's going to suck. Right. Go head back. This this is a, a failed mission. Um, but we did see the monkeys, you know, whatever. So as we get back, my platoons are standing at that little hole. He was like this. <laughs> and so I tell I told I told Doc, because I was staff sergeant at that time, he was a specialist, um, yeah. which is crazy. He was married and his wife was a doc, and they both lived at that farm where we were at. No shit. Yeah, which was like a ski resort almost. It looked like it. <laughs> right. So they were just chilling the whole year. Well, anyways. Okay. So I told him, I was like, Doc, I got this. So I told my platoon sergeant, I was like, smoke. Because we made we we did a lot of projects there. Uh, we made our own little shower, you know, this and that. And where the Afghans stayed, they were a little bit higher. So when we showered, these motherfuckers were just staring at us. Oh, like, You know, all naked and stuff. Um, so I told him, I was like, smoke. I was taking a shower, and the damn monkeys stole my pants. <laughs> And the doc, once he heard that shit, he went like this. He was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, hold on. I was like, hold on. I was like, smoke. I was like, you know, they watch us while we shower. I was like, I'm not going to walk around here naked. I had to go get my pants. The monkey stole my pants. I needed to go get my pants. So these guys ain't just fucking watching me walking around naked and shit. (laughs) Fuck that. The uh, smoke, you can see he cracked the grin. He was like, don't fucking leave again. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I talked to my gunnery sergeant on the radio later, and he was like, monkeys. And I was like, hey, man. I was like, this is the first thing I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, dude. I mean, of all this shit, that's almost as bad as, like, look at my neck. Look at my face. You remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, it was hilarious. That? It was hilarious. Dude, do you even remember me telling you about looking at my face, looking at my neck? Uh-uh. I had fallen asleep while on guard 
uh, the CP at the entrance um, to the FOB, to FOB Union 3. Yeah, and yeah. then you caught me sleeping under my fucking poncho or something. And then um, I was like, look at my face. Look at my neck. There were too many mosquitoes, so I covered myself. And I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> look at my face. Look at my neck. You actually clowned me for that shit quite a few times. Oh, my God, dude. dude That's I think we could do like a whole shoot the shit on just that deployment alone, man. Oh, we did a lot of stupid shit, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Like when I shot the bus. Yeah. Do you know? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Dude, I still remember looking down and uh, because we had Top Brenton with us at the time. Yeah. <laughs> all I remember was like, stop, stop, stop. They weren't stopping. I was moving, moving these fuckers this way. Bop. Yep. What the fuck was that? Warning shot. <laughs> What'd you shoot? I aim for the grill. <laughs> Dude, all I do, I swear to God, all I remember was everybody doing this and that one guy just yeah. collapsing forward. I'm like, fuck. I had this yeah. nasty pain in my stomach, I swear. I would have talked to Landis about it afterwards. I don't know if he told you about it, but I had to go talk to him afterwards. That's weird. See, there goes that approachability coming full circle again. Yeah. I was able to talk to Landis about it, but yeah. – you know, I mean, that's dude, weird. and I recognize that. Like now, just talking to you, man, I recognize it big time because. Um, but we didn't have any animosity towards each other. There was no hostility towards each other. No, no, you know what I mean. But yeah, I think it, it was just that that um, because I respected your rank, I respected you as a person, yeah. And you know, I, I'm, that's really odd. You know, thinking hindsight, why didn't I feel comfortable enough to talk to you about it? You know, I, I admit it, man. I was unapproachable. I was very unapproachable, man. Um, and, and this is where a life lesson that I've learned, you know, um, even with my kids, man, I just, I have to, sometimes I have to take a step back and, um, you know, and that's where I think I let a lot slide, but at the same time, I'm very firm. I'm very fair. And right. even as a platoon sergeant, like, Oh my, my gosh, dude, when I was a platoon sergeant, man, we were like the best platoon both times. Um, you know, we set the standard on a lot of different things, but it was just, I became very unapproachable uh, mm -hmm. and you know, the guys loved that. And, and that was just a lesson that I learned through Bragg, through hood, through Afghanistan with 173. Cause I was like, I actually, I only served 173 just to deploy. Right. Uh, I had to do an EFMP coming back. And on the first main body back, I was on that one and I was cleared in PCS by the time the, first, the rest of the you know battalion got back. Um, and then at in Oklahoma with Fort Sale at the schoolhouse, then going yeah. to Alaska, deploying with them, then, you know, uh, Fort Lewis, ACRC unit, Damn. back to Fort Hood, you know, so just a lot of different things where you take what you learn from each unit or each organization, each position, whatever, and you just keep building, keep building on yourself and keep creating yourself. And But the, the biggest problem is, is that if you don't self-reflect, if you can't look in the mirror and say, you fucked up. Mm -hmm. um you know that's where you're not gonna be able to fix yourself you know uh, and i think that that's just my opinion but um I, oh, and i do that every day yeah i check myself every day because i i have to check if i'm gonna check somebody else i gotta check myself too right um and that's where uh definitely that was my worst with being approach uh approachable and and yeah i i i i don't like it but we still did some good things, you know. We did a lot of good things, you know. So, damn, your your career has taken you to a lot of places. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because we're already at an hour and some change, and we haven't even fucking scraped the tip of the fucking iceberg. But um, 
we still got some time here because I want to discuss a couple of more things. Fucking um, so came back over, done your fucking time. You're on your way out now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, when you were in Alaska, did you go to Richardson or you went to Wainwright? I was at Wainwright. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that was the leg unit, right? Not the airborne unit. Yep. Okay. Did you jump when you were in Germany, at least, or just got that jump pay? <laughs> no, um, I didn't jump because I was deployed. Like I said, I was only there deployed. Uh, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of things that people don't know about one seventy third, and this isn't something that's bad talk, bad talking or anything like that. Because right. I think it's at different times. When Felice was there, they were that Delta battery was the same as four four two thing or whatever when we were right. in two seventy seven. Um, if you weren't D bad, you weren't shit. Right. But a lot of guys that I had talked to that were in, in the D-bed or whatever, I was like, well, how many jumps do you have? And they would say like nine or ten. And I'm like, dude, I only have like 20-something jumps. But out of that 20-something jumps, half of them are heavy drops. I was like, so I got more heavy drops than you have jumps. But you're talking <laughs> shit, you know? So it was just one of those things where um, it just depends. Once every third, they don't jump as much just because of the area that they're at. Yeah dump they do air, they do air, airborne you know all that stuff they're very prestigious high-speed unit um one of the best times in my career yeah um, and i wore that patch for a long time when i was at fort sales there's one they had they got associations and everything and this guy would come in he's like the only man in the room you know and i'm like whatever man get out of here um <laughs> you know just stuff like that so i i don't regret it i i love the unit you know it was just in that but it's just it, it's just different times when we went i was deployed so i didn't get to jump with them right see now Damn, I'm starting to think about my boy Cabrales. Cabrales was right now that we're talking about, we're talking about the fucking one only one nine or eight in the world, whatever. My boy Cabrales would say the same shit when I went to 277 in um in Fort Carson. That just clicked into my head right now because I'm hearing you talk and D bad is the shit. And then I'm thinking about like, okay, that sounds like when airborne's talk shit about legs. Oh, you know, airborne all the way, you know. Well, here's, here's the background on that one uh, one honor eight being the only free world um so you had 18 airborne corps and mm -hmm. then you have 82nd well mm -hmm. when i was at bragg 82nd only had one one niners mm -hmm. they didn't have the big guns so we 18 airborne corps had the big guns so you had a battery and campbell said this too you have a battery airborne mm -hmm. you had a battery of uh, aerosol and then you had a battery of neither airborne or aerosol right okay and then you had an mlrs battalion and then that was the brigade mm. so that was the 18 airborne fa brigade okay yeah so, is mlrs field artillery yes fuck that <laughs> <laughs> well, i'll let that slide because you're still in <laughs> well they're, they're a part of it but i mean do, do they do field artillery no they're more deltas man uh, you know they're not, they're not Bravos, they're not gun bunnies or anything like that, you know, but uh, that's a different breed right there, man. Have you ever met some 13 mics or anything like that? Those people are different. They're just like Fisters. Fisters are different people. Oh, yeah, yeah. They think they're infantry, man. Fisters think yeah, they're infantry, right. you know. Yep. Fuck. But, but are they F.A.? You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. They want but to claim different, it. <laughs> different part of field artillery or whatever, you know, so it's just one of those things. But, I don't but know. Anyway, that's that's the whole background on how one nine or eight was the whole you know the only the whole free world again yeah, I, structure whatever uh 82nd did get some triple sevens and that's when the one nine or eight phased out or whatever this and that you know so whatever did you get to fire on the the triple seven i i i was a platoon sergeant with the triple seven. Oh no shit did you ever yeah. fuck with the one one niner i did uh, oh, i love the one one niner yeah 
And you know yeah. what? I'll tell you something. Going to artillery on this one. I love the Paladin, but it's not artillery. I'm sorry. I mean, it's artillery, but it's not real artillery. I didn't realize that until I went to fucking... Uh, so when I got back from fucking uh, from uh, Mosul, I found that I was going to 277 in Carson. So I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, I know the Paladin. I'm chiefing. I could easily go get a gunny slot over there, you know, because I know my shit, right? Yeah. Come to find out, they're on 119ers. Yeah. Oh, fuck me running. I had nothing about the 119er. I had only done phase one and um, uh, a V-knock. And um, I hadn't done phase two yet. So I think in phase two is where you go to the section chief part, right? Yeah. That's what they call what they call it now, ALC? ALC. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I had done phase one. I hadn't done phase two yet. I had a school day for phase two. But anyways, it was until after I got to, to the unit. But I didn't know shit about the 119er, man. So I get there and I had to humble myself. Like yeah. humble. I had to do it in Korea when I had a PFC fucking show me how to fucking in initialize the gun. That was humbling there. Then I had to go to a fucking uh, to a 119er unit, and then I had to humble myself to a fucking specialist teaching me about fucking. This, this is gonna sound fucking retarded, all right? I asked, why are we putting these markers around the gun? <laughs> I had no idea about azimuth markers. Yeah. Because we never used them in the mechanized world. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I see 3200, 64, you know, and I'm like, why are those there? And then until I found out about out of traverse and all that shit, once I started learning how to fuck with the one one nine er, bro, I gave yeah. up the paladin, man. I, did you ever fucking uh, chief as a um, on the paladin or no? Ah, uh, no. Um, Good. I was a platoon sergeant. I was a platoon sergeant with the paladin. Oh, garbage. Yeah. So, so I only really chiefed on on the one one nine er, and I was on all all positions except for chief on the one nine er eight. Um, I. I dabbled a little bit with the Paladin. Um, I certified with all pieces when I was at Fort Sill. Okay. Because um, that's what something that we had to do. Um, we had to certify with every gun. Um, and then I was a platoon sergeant. So, so I got promoted pretty fast. I was a e E6 promotable at eight and a half years, I think it was. Oh, shit. And, and I got promoted at nine and a half, I think it was. Um, so, so most of my... Or half of my career, I've been uh, sergeant first class. So, what did you do in SIL? I was at the schoolhouse. Um, I was with the the captain's career course. Okay. Um, and while I was there, it was only the lieutenants, the bullock part. Yeah. Uh, basic officer leader course. They were the only ones shooting. So we started implementing the captains getting a part of the gun. Okay. So me being a thirteen Bravo, the sergeant major was like, "No, all thirteen Bravos are going to certify." You know this and that. So I'd go down there. I'd certify. Um, when, when guys were going to not like they had appointments or they were going to leave yeah. cause I was certified, I would go shoot with the lieutenants. Okay. I would go shoot with the captains, you know, this and that. And then, um, I was, I was promotable at that point. Um, so I was learning, you know, the, you know, the aiming circle, well, not learning, but doing the aiming circle and all that all stuff. Right. And, um, you know, just still learning to, you know, but oh, yeah. you, it's, you never stop learning, you know, think about field artillery. It's a perishable trait. If you don't yeah. fucking practice it, you're going to fucking lose it. If you don't yeah. ASPT every so often, you're going to fucking forget how to do shit. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that's one thing that I took up with me um, as a section chief. Anytime I got a chance, I would just get my section together. Hey, hook up the Humvee we're gonna, uh, and, the, and the gun. We're going to go right across the street here. 
occupy, 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 occupy. Yeah. You know, I fucking, I loved it, man. I fucking loved it. And to this date, I miss it. But when yeah. I first got there, though, when I first got there, I had to swallow that fucking hard pill, that hard to swallow <laughs> pill, and become a fucking ammo section chief. Oh, man. Dude, I've done that, I've done that uh, once, man. When I was at Fort Hood, I was doing yep. that. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, man. It's, it's got to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got my own section. I had my own section, so I was able to do it. And that's why I didn't chief at the Paladin when I was there right. the first time at Fort Hood. Um, but whatever. I mean, I've shot, I've shot some rounds out of the fucking Paladin. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've shot rounds out of every fucking gun. <laughs> right. Um, when I was in Afghanistan, dude, I was a section chief. Gunnery sergeant, platoon sergeant, and the five mayor all at once for like oh my like god, dude! Speed about five mayors. Uh, he's gonna be coming on here soon. Um, our Simpson. old five mayor Simpson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was supposed I to come on. Him up. He told me he was coming on. So, um, yeah, shout out to that. I'm, I'm, I'm really listening to that one. I, yeah, I want to listen to that one. You know, he was uh he was my five mayor when I was on extra duty. So he helped yeah. me out a lot on extra duty. Especially yeah, yeah. being that we had fucking missions to run on at nighttime. He was a great guy. He, he was, was a great guy. Really um, good. He was one of those, because, you know, even though I was promotable, I was still uh, sergeant at the time, E5. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, uh, I was I was borderline. Um, Tank, Peterson, Weimer, uh, what's Dufour, uh, you know, even second platoon, Campos. Um, Griffin, Martinez, you know, all those guys, they were all staff sergeants. Well, Martinez were promotable too. Um, they were all staff sergeants and in, in chief positions. Mm -hmm. I was E5 promotable and I was an ammo guy. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hung out with the E5s because I was still E5. Right. But I, my peers were the, the staff sergeants. Right. So I was in the middle. Um, but I talked to everybody. You know, I wasn't one of those guys. I don't like to have conflict or anything like that. I learned that in my first unit, you know, when you say no to a lot of things, um, you're not going to get something when you need it back. So it's just kind of one of those, you know, in return or what type of things. Um, but, you know, you don't get stepped on, but right. you, you know, you got to help out your battle buddies because when you need the help, they're going to be there for you too. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things. So as you're coming, uh, now that as you're coming out uh, of your career, after yeah. a, a long career with many fucking uh, positions that you've held, what are, um, well, what are you looking forward to first when you get out? Obviously, it's not shaving because I mean you already done done stop doing that. <laughs> so, so right now I'm in a, a, a unique position. Um, I think I've told this a couple of times. I'm doing project management, um, but all my projects already kind of ended. I've actually been quarantined in my room for like since February, um, right before I had surgery. Then I had the surgery. Right. I, I, I had the convalescent leave. I went back to work. They said no, we're teleworking. You know this and that. Um, so I've been in my room, you know, this whole time. Um, and then I got into this program I'm, I'm doing, I just started this past Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a Microsoft program. So I'm learning how to code and, and like create databases and stuff like that. Lost in the fucking sauce, man. I'm lost. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bring back old Sergeant Juarez, what he would tell me if I was in your position, if the reverse, if the roles were reversed, I could hear you telling me something along the lines. Okay. So does AR 670 one not apply to you anymore? <laughs> no it does it does so <laughs> it does do you hey, have a profile for that beard <laughs> hey, you know what you know what i ended up purchasing purchasing along the line in my career what's that those, those uh acu gloves i used to put i now i put my hands in my pocket too <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I mean that's great though. So you're getting yourself ready to uh, to, to come out here to the civilian world. Yeah. And, um, Microsoft. So you're dealing with like IT shit. Yeah, we, we're we're uh, we're learning how to do cloud application development. Um, and it's it's hard. I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially coming from a 13 Bravo. Yeah. It's definitely hard, but but this is one of the things that um, you know as I'm getting out, I'm learning a lot by myself. Um, and through these last few months, it's been a progression too. Um, right. You know, going to you're stressing, you're getting out, and I'm glad that I'm going through a lot of this while I'm still in, and, and still getting paid. You know, and not getting paid by civilian, and right. they're like looking at me like I'm crazy because I can get if I was with it. I've had to do this when I when I got here. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to transition out. So I had to t- tell myself sometimes if you were in a civilian job, your ass would be fired, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. part of that checking yourself, you know, and, and I've done that. So, but this last few months has been a mental uh, progressing type thing. Like, dude, um, you know, you're stressing, you, you, you're, you're not good enough for civilian world. You know, you're not good enough for this. You're not good for that. But then you have to say, yeah, you are, you know, you have to get back in there and build yourself up. So, but, but, you know, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to it when I get out is just um, not being institutionalized anymore. Um, uh, being able Sorry, to make, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, I can make decisions for myself if I want to fucking, you know, let my hair grow out. Yeah, yeah. And dude, believe me, I know I'm wrong as fuck. <laughs> I know it, um, but it feels good um, right. to do it. Um, just to kind of know that I'm on my way out and, and do this. I, I, I'm blessed. I'm in a certain situation where um, I can do this because I, I don't recommend it. And I do look back at some of my buddies and I'm like, damn, y'all doing this, y'all doing that. Like, not me. Like, I haven't done Army stuff for a minute, you right, know? Right, right, <laughs> When I got here the first year, it wasn't that we didn't do PT. We did PT on our own. It was okay. big board rules and that kind of changed. I would set my alarm at 630 just to hear the flag go off on my bed, <laughs> you know? Give me one quick second here, brother. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? I don't know. Just a little bit of why. Oh, did you order the food? Yeah. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. She's telling me that the dinner's here. Oh, okay. Whatever. That can wait. She's like, hey. (laughs) She can wait. She can can go eat. I don't give a fuck. This is too interesting. So go ahead. Yeah, so so I would set my alarm at 6.30 just so I can hear the flag go off, you know, because I hear one of my bad boys, he goes, he goes, yeah, man, that 630 flag is different when you're laying in your bed hearing that. So I was like, let me try this for a little bit. I was like, yeah, it does hit different. Because <laughs> in the mind, you're like, I could be outside, but I'm not. Um, but we still did PT on our own and everything. And then that kind of changed. You start going to PT in the morning and, you know, doing all that. But, you know, it's big boy rules, you know. So yeah, we, yeah. We're briefing the Pentagon and some of our, you know, our final oh, briefs yeah. are from the Pentagon. So I've gone to the Pentagon a couple of times. That's Coming from Aberdeen Proving Grounds, going to Pentagon is like going from uh, uh, Fob um, Union Three, yeah, or Union Three, going to the uh, uh, the embassy. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, I'm like, hey man, I feel like I'm a deployment man, and we're like, we're going somewhere big. I'm like, dang. I like, you can always tell when somebody's living rough on a deployment because when they go somewhere else, they're just like this, looking around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> For real, dude. For real. You yeah. know. I had to tell a lot of people what our first deployment. Yeah, I was in the IZ, but I just lived there. We yeah. didn't. We didn't just stay on the IZ. Right. We fucking traveled, dude. Yeah, we did. God, we did. Yeah, how many? I don't even know how many miles we logged, but we were on that fucking road forever, man. Yeah, and, and you know, in our platoon, always got those uh, those missions, those hard missions, those 
uh, unachievable mission that we always achieved it. So it was just one of those things, man. Dude, thing. the, the one that scared the shit out of me, and I think it scared the fuck out of Smoke, too, was uh, the one where we were supposed to go to Butler Range the first time, and they found an EFP, the Cap Scouts, they found an EFP on the road, and they were like, canceled. I'm like, whoo, yeah. praise Lord, I was happy yeah. that shit. I was not feeling that mission, man. Yeah. The, uh, so speaking of which, I don't know if I ever told you, did I tell you about the time that the past 13 um, died on me on Route Vernon? No, but I think I heard that on one of your, your episodes. If you did say that, I, I, think, I think I heard you say that. I had um, a fucker effect. <laughs> Dude, I was, you were like, uh, do you see wires? I don't see shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like straight. When we were rolling, I told Moyer to start going. When you told Moyer to start going left, he started going left. I just like, mm. I was, I swear to God, my asshole was puckered. Then when we yeah. passed, like, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Woo wee, that was scary. So on your way out, uh, Pentagon, Fob, uh, I love the fucking, um, the, the embassy swimming pool was the shit. Yeah. Dude, yeah. shit. So when you get out, I mean, dude, what are, what are like some expectations you have? Uh, um, you know, it's crazy that you say that because, uh you know and i heard y'all say this on the first first i think uh when you did uh i think it was either the first week midweek memo with kowalczyk or it was very in the beginning of your episodes that that was part of the time when i was going through kind of like a mid low and and let me tell you something man i heard you when you said you were at your all-time low when you were um deployed over there and dude that was some fucking amazing story man because just to admit that when you're at your all-time low mm -hmm. um, is a strong point because you're realizing something in your life is not right. And if you can overcome that is the strongest fucking thing you can do. Um, because when I think I heard that, not when I, I think, um, I, I was kind of going, not, it wasn't my low, mm -hmm. but it was a low. It wasn't my all-time low. I've, I've been at a couple of all-time lows in my life. Right but it was a low um, to the point where it was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, it's just kind of one of those epiphanies that it would just kind of hits you. It's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, you can do this. You can do better. You know? So it just, I, I just started seeing myself, my mental grow, you know, over the couple, past couple of weeks and stuff like that. And it, it's just one of those things that, you know, you got to get away from it and you got to, you know, grow from it. Um, but <clears throat> I'm ready. I'm ready to get out. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm yeah, ready. I bet, man. I don't yeah. doubt it. You yeah. spent your whole fucking, your, all your 20s and your 30s were spent in the military. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you know, there's going to be, not like you didn't have a civilian job back then, but it's going to be a lot different, you know, when you come yeah. out here. And I think it, you probably get like a lot of um, mixed messages uh, yeah. from people. You know, some people say they struggle. Other people say that it's easy. Other people would say it's your mental. It is. A lot of it is your mental, you know, and that's why I've been on this positive kick ever since Marquez started doing this positive kick, you know, and, but what I say is be realistic with your expectations. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I think that's where a lot of people, that's why they, they get down on themselves. Yeah. They come out with expectations thinking they're going to make a hundred K, you know, or they've heard that this one person is making like fucking 80,000 a year right off the bat, you know, yeah. okay, got it. You know, but those are one-offs. You know, and then you're coming out in the middle of a pandemic. Are people going to be hiring? What's the job yeah. market going to look like? What's the, yeah. you know, so those are all things that people have to take into account before they get out, you know, and, yeah, 
And I mean, you definitely already have all the leadership skills that are needed out here. All you got to do is just translate it on a, which I'm sure you already know how to do. And if not, they will show you an ACAP, how to, you know, make it transferable to, uh, to a civilian resume. Yeah. But what sucks about that is all of a sudden, you know, you're either overqualified or you don't have that fucking degree. I don't know if you have a degree or not, but if you don't have that degree, sometimes the, a lot of people, they don't give a shit about that DD-214. Yeah. So, so I do got a degree, but in the area that I'm at, um, everything that I have right now is uh, functional. Okay. It's not technical. And in this area right here, they want technical. Um, the money's good in this area for sure, mm -hmm. but I don't have a technical skill. Um, functional is, let me, let me, how do I, how do I put it? Technical in this area is like being on the paladin. Okay. Functional is like being on the cat, the ammo carrier. That's okay. a functional part. So they're worried about the gun more than they are the cat. <laughs> they right. don't care. They don't care that the cat carries all that extra ammunition. Right. They just carry about that 30 rounds or whatever it is that you put in the paladin. And right. you're that's a way of putting it where that's what this area is. Um, so you got to be technical to kind of get that way. And that's where I kind of chose uh, this Microsoft kind of thing. Because right. I had a couple different programs. I had a couple different options. But I chose this one. And, and dude, day two, fucking, uh, I'm surprised on what I kind of did. Like I was messing with it yesterday. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, whoa, it's a whole nother world. Um, so yeah, that expectation is a different thing. Um, just you're, you know, a lot of, a lot of things you have to look at, um, as you go through it, you know, just kind of do your career or whatever and just pull them skills out. A degree is just a piece of paper in some jobs. It's not anything that, uh, you know, that matters, but it's just the fact that you have it, you can check that blog, you know, whatever. So, yeah, um, degree, honestly, to me is just bullshit because unless yeah. you have the experience to fucking back it up, it ain't shit. Right. You know, I've had to fight that battle here at work sometimes where they know I have the potential. They know that I have the skills. They know what I bring to the table. However, yeah. comma, a lot of these people out here want that fucking degree. And yeah. it's so it's a double edged sword, especially for all these college people that go to school and then they come out to the civilian. I mean, they come out of school thinking that they're going to be making all this money. But nah, dude, I mean, you don't have anything to back up that paper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. It's well, let, let me tell you this, that you brought up that, and that's a good point. And then this is something that I learned um, in my first unit with one of my good friends, uh, Raka. Let me shout out to you, Raka. I can't remember his first name. Um, great guy. Uh, he came in. He was, he was a, I think, a year after me or whatever. Very knowledgeable guy. He had, like, four credits to get his bachelor's. He did the uh, Green to Gold program, got denied the first time because he didn't uh, finish his goal of college. Finished that, went back and became an officer, right? Right. Well, me and him, went, we went out one time. We were just kind of just hanging out or whatever. And he had told me, he was like, Juarez, he, he had saw me. I'm a short guy. So when mm -hmm. I'm jumping, you know, I'm, I have to do a little bit extra, you know. I'm vertically challenged or, you know, whatever, how they say it. Um, so he was like, dude, I jump behind you all the time. And he goes, I love seeing it because you slow down. Um, before you get to the door, but not enough to slow everybody else down because I see what you're doing. You're preparing yourself because you have all this gear, you yeah. know, whatever. He said, you're preparing yourself to get that umph out of that door. He goes, and I just fucking love it seeing you jump out of that door, right? Mm. And then he goes, but, and this is where that dream comes from, that living the dream. Yeah. Uh, from. 
He goes, you're living the college man's dream. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, there's a lot of people in college that won't do what you do. Whether you're airborne, whether you're not airborne, whether you're in the military, that's what they won't do. They think about joining the military. They think about doing things like airborne, field artillery, right. infantry, or anything like that. They think about it, but they don't do it because they're stuck on, you know, going to college or whatever. And that's their choice. That's fine. Not knocking them forward or anything like that. Right. But that's the dream. And he had right. lived that college life. He had done that. And he always told me. So I'll tell you the same thing. You live that dream. You've done that, that, that other person's dream. And that's something that always stuck with me too, because a lot of this little nuggets I got in my, the first unit that I was at, and I carried a lot of that through, man. And yeah. that's what, you know, pushed me to do a lot of things. Right on, dude. So how did you come up with the, the reasoning behind a podcast? How did you come up with under the net? Uh, so, you know, um, uh, oh, uh, about it was, I tell you, you had something to do with that too. Um, I remember when you were getting out, you had told me that you were struggling with, you know, talking to other people in your work and not relating, you know, and this and that. Um, and now that I was getting out, I was doing the same thing. I was, I was getting out. I, I didn't want to be in your shoes. Not saying that uh, your shoes were wrong at that point or anything, because you had a job, you're being successful, but it was just the mental thing, the mental block. Right. Um, I love being in the gun line talking, you know, while you're just there, just shooting the shit. Right. I love being at the office bullshitting, you know, right. There's a lot of times where, where me and, uh, me and Cap Miner, who was on the pod uh, a while back, you know, we were done at like 1500, but we're just kind of digressing and just letting a lot of things go and just talking about all kinds of different things. The conversation will go from this to that, you know, whatever right. um, the office now, I, you know, I didn't have a job. Um, well, I did, but it was very minimum. I told my, I told everybody over there, I was like, I'm in an advisor role. So if you have any questions, ask me and I'll advise you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that myself because I was into IC, but I pulled myself out because I knew I was retiring. Okay. Um, my boss didn't like it, but he understood it at the point, <laughs> you know? He's like, you just freaking like uh, resigned on your own. You know, you didn't even get no proof <laughs> for me. And I was like, well, you kind of can do that, you know, when you get to this you know, point. Um, and I wanted to still stay connected. I wanted to still be, um, not, not that I missed, I mean, I'm going to miss the army. I'm going to miss the camaraderie. I'm going to miss, you know, the conversations, but I wanted to just miss that. I didn't want to miss that. Um, but also I heard a lot of people say, Hey, damn, you know, you've done this, you know, you've done almost 20 years. You, you got your degree, you know, you've, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just a simple guy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other people out there that's done way more than me. You know, I was like, so that combination came together and said, let's get everybody else's story out there. Um, Cause I'm not the only one that's doing things of what I've been doing, but there's a lot of guys that are doing a whole lot more. So I wanted to hear everybody. I wanted to get, you know, my family involved, hear their story. I want to get my friends. Cause right. I did like, like I met a lot of people like, you know, and it, it's, I'm kind of nervous sometimes about asking people to be on the podcast. Um, I met uh, my boss right now, really good guy, aviator, pilot, Dude, I give that guy props. He's got a lot of combat experience, man. Like, dude, this guy's been deployed so many times. Yeah. As a pilot, you know, he was yeah. a division chops, you know, stuff like that. Um, another guy, he was an Orsa guy, um, but he was a pilot as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I'm working with all kinds of different guys, um, just even field artillery guys, infantry guys, you know, just whatever. 
uh, friends that I'm meeting, you know, stuff like that. I was just like, man, this is crazy. So that's where kind of the podcast came. I hit you up because I knew you were struggling with that in the beginning and maybe that it might not have been struggling at that time, but hearing you talk in the truck, you have a lot to say. You have a lot to say. You have the words, you have an argument, you know, this, that, even in your podcast, I hear it. I'm just like, man, I, I don't think I would have been able to count, facilitate that conversation, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, so, so what you've done with the, on, on the gun line was just more than what I could even think of. Um, but that's where it just kind of pulled everything together. And I was like, that's where I was like, yeah, let's do this. So I went to the whiteboard. I had to put a couple of names on the whiteboard. And I told everybody in my shop right now, I was like, what do y'all think? And they're like, under the net sounds good. I was like, that's where I'm going to go with. So oh, under the net came about. Um, every time I feel like I, I, I want to give up because I'm not giving enough, somebody's like, no, keep that shit going. I'm just like, all right, cool. So right. I keep it going. That gives me that, you know, the fuel. And, and you know, I think it's just guest dependent. You know, I, I asked all my guests out there that, that are coming on, Hey, tell your story. Tell yeah. your story. Don't be afraid. It's a podcast. You know, yeah, if you're still active, yeah, you can't say something, certain right. things. But um, don't be afraid, man. Just get it out there, you know, because you've done a lot more things than you know of. Right. Uh, sometimes you got to think about Campos. Yeah. He, he had to say the same thing. He's like, man, he goes, as the week comes, because I'll hit you up about a week prior. And he's like, I had to think about everything I've done. He goes, I wrote everything down, and it took me a couple of days just to write a lot of things down. Yeah, that's what he needs to do. Now, whether you scratch the whole surface or not, or whatever, you're still getting a part of your story out there. You know, right. you're, you're, and he closed it out with a great thing. It was like, hey, this is everybody's chapter in your book. And I was like, boom. That is boom. fucking ass, yeah. Yeah, boom. So, um, because my cousin always told me, because I've gone through a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, divorce and, and just, you know, a lot of different things. Life happens. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I was like, I ain't writing shit. <laughs> <laughs> Some shit is best left unsaid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then this was a way to kind of do it too. And, and, and I didn't think about, you know, certain things, but the way Campbell kind of put it, it was just amazing. And it just all comes together and it, and it, everything does come full circle at the end or, you know, uh, eventually or whatever. So yeah. yeah, I don't do this for money. I don't do this for, uh, pride. I don't do this for anything. I just do this just because I think everybody deserves to have their story put it out there. Um, just what you're doing. Uh, your midweek memos are for entertainment. Your shoot the shits or for, um, you know, the same thing. Right. Uh, this is nothing that is a competition. We feed off each other. Like I said, we both, we talk all the time, you know, in between, you know, episodes. Yep. I've even told you, hey, that episode sucked. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, and it's a whole trip because, I mean, I was honestly, everything was going towards uh, you and I doing it together. And when I asked you, so how am I supposed to do this? How am I, how am I supposed to do this, you know, with you being in Maryland and me being in Texas? You were like, oh, well, you got to download Anchor. I'm like, okay. Because yeah. I, remember, I remember I wrote down an outline of how I thought our podcast was going to be. And yeah. I had that segment under the, uh, what was it, on the gun line. And yeah. it would be like shit that we would talk about on the gun line. So when I, when I downloaded Anchor, it said that I had to give my own shit a name. Right. So, okay, so I'm following the instructions. And next thing I know, it says, okay, it's available. And then it says, congratulations, you got this going. And I'm like, you know what? I was at work during lunch. And I'm like, let's see what the fuck this shit's all about. Fuck it. And I was just in between time because you had to take time because some family issues that had occurred yeah. and whatnot. So, and yeah. then you had the uh, surgery. So I was just trying to kill time until you came along. Yeah. And then, you know, life happened in between. You know what I mean? 
No, and, absolutely. And absolutely. I mean, uh, everything happens for a reason. And honestly, I think the dynamic with both of us would have been great and it still would be great. But at the same time, I think we give people um, with the different podcasts, different um, avenues right, as right. to, you know, as to, uh, to our content. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's the same content in a way, but with different uh, end aspects or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, with like, uh, yours gives you a lot of learning moments, a lot of teaching moments. Yeah. Mine gives you a lot of ha ha ha. Let's laugh like a motherfucker because yeah. yours, you want to get people's um, story, right? Me, right. what I, uh, with what I've been working on and how it's progressed, it's been one of those like, okay, I want to hear your story and see if motherfuckers out there that are going through struggles can fucking relate to it. You know what I'm saying? Like no, yeah. you, you mean it, it's fucking great. It, it's uh, I think it, it's beneficial. And I've heard a lot number of great things from your podcast, my podcast. I love it, dude. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, I'm glad I'm hearing that um, because, you know, it, you, you take a different aspect on it and you're big on, you know, posting on social media and stuff like that. And dude, right. I, I tell you, man, um, I, I'm amazed on what you've done with yours and, and just the, the marketing, you know, stuff like that. And that's something that I know that's my weak point. I got to work on. Um, but uh, I'm glad this is where that is going. And that, that was the whole intent. Um, and I'm entertained with just yours, you know, uh, <laughs> even if I didn't have mine, I'm entertained with yours. Um, so I'm glad people are getting entertainment out of mine and, and, and you know, and it's just going from there. And it's, it's just, it's, it's something. And uh, you know what? And, and we've had some spinoffs. We've had some spinoffs. And I say we, because I, I think we're a team on this one. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, Marquez, Yep. You know, and we don't take no credit for this and we can't take credit for it, but he's got his own podcast, you know, Lee Hunt is starting his own podcast, you know, um, and, and we're somewhat of a spinoff from, uh, you know, Silver oh, so, podcast, yep. um, because he gave me the push and said, do it. You know, he didn't give me the idea. He gave me the push to do it, right. do it. And, and it was the same thing, you know, that I, I told you do it, you know, Hey, I'm not, you know, whatever. So, and I'm sure you've had a little handle on, you know, Marquez and Lee and said, Hey, do it. You know, like, right. so there, there's, um, podcast is, is a big thing. You can pause and play whenever you want right. to, you don't have to listen to it right then and there. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, as, as we do this, you know, something that we have to learn too is like, well, I only got <laughs> how many you know? times. Yeah, dude, I feel you on that. Yes, <laughs> but then later you're like, "Oh shit, I'm at 18." Like, when did that happen? You know, like, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. it's funny because then you start analyzing like what days you have more viewership or listenership. You know, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you what. One of the things, uh, one of the benefits that I found um, with the uh, with this podcast, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it's. Um, I tell people to me, uh, I'm like selfish with it now because yeah. this is a benefit for me as well. Because yeah. I don't have, like, like we stated, we don't have anyone to speak with in the civilian life that understands us. Yeah. And through here, we understand each other. And it's also another way to maintain communication with those that we haven't spoke with in a while. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, I hadn't talked to Cruz since fucking I left 277, but yet I had him on the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, let's just say there's a lot of people that have heard a lot of other voices from our old unit. They're like, oh, man, I was wondering how that person was doing. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So this platform has assisted that. And yeah. I mean, it's great. It's fucking awesome. And I thank you for that, man. I mean, if it wasn't for you to at least, you woke me up that morning. I'm like, <laughs> fuck it. Why not? 
And next thing I know, I'm already fucking writing shit down. Like, all right, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, and your wife probably hates me for that, but, uh, and I apologize. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to add to that, you know, like even Sanchez's uh, podcast last weekend. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Just hearing, you know, from beginning to end, and then you hit me up afterwards, and that was the same thing I was thinking. And he, he even asked me too. He's like, how do you think I've changed? I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I wasn't expecting that question, but to answer it, you know, it was just like, whoa. And that kind of like summarizes what you said. Um, but also just, you know, and, and I got to say this uh, to all the listeners out there, um, even if you want to be a guest, you know, hey, if you want to be a guest, hit either one of us up. That's fine. Um, because we'll gladly put you on the schedule. Um, just be patient because we have a schedule and, and it's not that, you know, Hey, I could ask you right now. I could ask a lot of people right now. Hey, you want to be a guest? Okay. I have to put you on the schedule for December, you know, right. or is that, and that's one of those things where we say, just be patient because yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to that, you know, as we, as we get time off or whatever and plug you in, if we could, we could have everybody on here. You know, because as you talk to somebody, then somebody else comes up and they're like, oh, you should put them on there. Absolutely. You know, I'll put them on there. I don't have no issues with it, whatever. But then I have to say, hey, you want to be on the podcast? Okay, next year. You know, so, right, so, right. so it's just one of those things. Hey, um, it, this is just a process. Um, and, you know, eventually we'll have to stop at this year and start another season. Because, like I said, I'm at like 19. I don't know what you're at. Right. Um, so it's just growing. It's getting bigger. Share it as much as you can because oh, yeah. you know, even even if just that story, and that's one thing I noticed too, what what guests you have, how much they market, you know, that episode or whatever also right. brings in other, you know, viewers or listeners or whatever. So just Fact. share it, you know, um, get get some entertainment, use it as you drive, use it as you work out, you know, whatever, different times, plug and play. You don't have to listen to the whole thing. But as soon as you hit that play, we get that that says that, you know, you listen to it. Um, Lopez here, he's got, he's got a, a Anchor, he's got Spotify, he's got Apple, he's got YouTube. You know, you don't have to listen to all of them, you know, listen right. to one of them. <laughs> right. Well, the reason I went to YouTube was because I ended up hearing that um, a lot of people, they shy away from podcasts because they yeah. can't really see the, the expressions and shit like that. So when I heard about it, that's when I was like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to try this YouTube shit. And I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, I was scared shitless, man. <laughs> but now it's like, I put it, I think about it like this. It's kind of like when you first get on the mic, um, you know, yep. and you're on a, uh, you know, and on the radio. It's kind of like that. Once you pop that cherry, though, a la verga, vámonos, you know? Yeah, so yeah absolutely. It's absolutely. been great. So, I mean, yeah. that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, like, I, I, I'm, I asked a guest over um, in... If anybody wants to come on, hit me up on the gunline at gmail.com or hit up Sergeant Juarez at yeah. uh, under the net at gmail.com or on social IG, uh, uh, Snapchat or, or Facebook. It's all the same thing. Patrick Juarez. On Snapchat. Or if you know, dude, whatever, you know, I got some friends that are on Snapchat, even though I don't post it. I got some on IG and I got some on Facebook, you know, so whatever. <laughs> Well, you got a motherfucking grandpa hey. here on Snapchat. What the fuck? Hey, <laughs> hey um, it was crazy because I even have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't post nothing. On, I, I put on there, I'm only here to watch. Um, oh, that's my entertainment. That's what I'm gets me, you know, laughing or whatever. Um, yeah. Even if you don't know me, hit Lopez up. He'll hit me up. Like, that's how we had a couple of guests. We're we talking like, hey, you should put him. And that's how he got Frank on there. Yep. Um, 
Pete, you told me about that one girl, Liz. I gotta, I gotta hit her up. I just had her. Hit her up, dude. Yeah, I mean, she, she's down. No, I want to. I want she to. A lot of Yeah, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, definitely, man. But this has been a ride. It has. Uh, it's, been, it's been fun. Each one is different depending on who it is or whatever. But it's still something that you know you're gonna get, you know, some entertainment from or whatever. Hopefully. What's funny is, man, is that a lot of people they tell me like, oh, nobody's gonna want to hear my story or anything. I gotta say, like, dude, yes, they will. There's a lot when people start talking. And yeah. they get diarrhea of the mouth. Dude, there's a lot of things that you don't know about yourself until you start talking, and it just becomes so much entertainment, dude. Yeah. So, holy shit, we're coming on two hours. Um, <laughs> damn, man, this is definitely – I think that was fun. kind of being expected. I mean, just having two guys, you know, the podcast on there. And, and dude, I, we were excited about this, like, you know, since we've had it on. You know, we started this it. shit. Yeah, but then even, like, knowing that it was coming up, we, we knew it was going to be exciting, you know. So it's you know just what? Before we close out. Did you want to discuss uh, that giveaway thing or you want to do that on a midweek memo? Because just for those that y'all don't know, we have uh, Sergeant Wires will be a guest in a midweek memo here coming up on Wednesday with Mr. Frank Belise as well. Yeah, so we'll talk about it now and then we'll talk about it uh, uh, on uh, the midweek memo as well. Um, you know, Lopez, like I said, he does a little bit more marketing than I do. Uh, he had a giveaway. I, I figured I was like, well, I'm going to let him market, you know, and it's not being me being lazy. It's just um, this is just something that like, Hey, I'm a single dad. So I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I yeah. can when I can. Yep. Um, but, but not, I'm not promoting just mine because I, I'm going to promote his as well. Uh, uh, podcast. So, uh, definitely, uh, there's a giveaway. I have it right here. Actually. Um, eventually we'll, we'll do this. I don't know. We got to work the details out, but I want to give this away. Uh, you know, to one of our loyal listeners or, or just the listeners, wow. whatever. And we'll work out the details, um, you know, to to pass that on or whatever. I, I paid for that in my pocket. Um, it's not anything that, uh, you know, any whatever. This is an advertisement for both of our podcasts. Yeah, dude, that is uh, fucking awesome right there. Yeah. You know what? If y'all want to hear more details about that, you will definitely have to listen to the Midweek Memo yeah. to get more details. And then to get even more details, you got to <laughs> listen to Under the Net Podcast. That's the only way you're going to find out if you win, Chief. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm growing as I get into podcast too. Like I, I shot out uh, one of these guys that was at singing, you know, you know this and that. So I'm learning. I learn from Lopez just as much as he learns from me. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a give and take. Um, this is a great platform. This is a great uh, avenue to to let some things go. Great avenue to get your story out. Great avenue to just learn about yourself as well. Um, Dude, just like I did today. I was unapproachable when I was at two seven seven, um, but I was approachable everywhere else. That was wrong on my part as a leader. It wasn't um, wrong. It wasn't <laughs> wrong. I'll tell you why. Because think about it. If we want to go back in hindsight, full circle, how old were you? 23. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? How many 23-year-olds are put in a position where you're in charge of the lives of young men or older men than you? And, you know, so it's not it's, – it's a learning curve. You know what I'm right. saying? It's right. not like if at this age, what you know now – then, you know, stepping into those shoes would be a lot more easier. Absolutely. Than Absolutely. now. So you got to think, yeah. I mean, you handled it with fucking grace under fire, man. You did well. You, I mean, That's shit, you brought it all back home alive. You brought us yeah. all back home alive. Even Absolutely. though I fell asleep in that hatch a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lopez, you see that? No, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> fucking tracers. <laughs> oh, man, Amazing. good times. Any shout outs you want to give up before we cut this shit out, man? Uh, hey, just a shout out to just Ben, like really just a shout out to, to all your listeners, all my listeners. Uh, um, we really, 
we really couldn't do this uh, without y'all. Um, even if it's five, even if it's four, uh, depending on the episode, like I said, you know, I've, I've got some years, mine and yours, the first one, highest one I've had. I'm in the 90s of yeah. listeners for mine and yours. Right. Uh, but I have some that are like three, five or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it does take the listeners to, for, to make this grow. Um, I do see an increase of, of people, you know, trying to get involved and whatever, but it's just one of the, that patient thing. Yeah. Um, to get you on the schedule. If we could, we would do one every day and, and then do this every day, but there's a lot of behind the work, you know, whatever. Um, I do recommend if you want to do a podcast, do it. If you have any questions, we'll help you out or whatever. We've gone through some struggles ourselves from, we were talking that right before this, mm. how we started to now, you know, this, that, and we're even not even a hundred percent, you know, where we need to be. So I do want to shout out to all the listeners. Um, y'all, y'all, Y'all give us feedback. Y'all help us out, and y'all keep us going. You know, at the same time. Um, shout out to uh, on the gun line, and then shout out to uh, uh, Coach Silver Podcast, man. Oh my yeah. God, I have no muscles. God damn. <laughs> there they are. There they are. Somewhere down there. <laughs> yeah, baby. There you are. I got a lot more belly than that, though. <laughs> hey, we call we call that Cinderella fat. <laughs> Why is that? At midnight, it turns to dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just reminded me of one more thing I wanted to talk to you about. What's that? Your fourth general order. Do you remember <laughs> that one? I'll walk the beat, I'll beat my meat, and I'll fuck everything within 15 feet. <laughs> feet? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my. I remember hearing that shit the first time out there in Baghdad, man. I have never forgotten that shit. I have never forgotten that shit. That's, that's what kind of leader I was. That's right. <laughs> Dude, it's been great having you on here. We definitely got to have you on again. Oh, yeah. man, it's been too fucking long. Dude, this was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, all the listeners out there, I appreciate y'all sticking with us for the last two hours. I hope yeah. we provided you some good entertainment. And just know that we barely even scratched a little bit of this man's career in our deployment. I mean, it was a lot of talking back and forth, going, hopping in between. But we hope we entertained y'all. Um, that being said, he will be with us again on fucking Wednesday with, with Felice, who happens yeah. to be his homeboy. And that was my homeboy. You know, and uh, shit, now we're all homeboys. I'm going to have yeah. my little fucking threesome here. Ciao! Anyways. <laughs> so you're going to have a fucking uh, a Mexican, a Central American, and an Italian. Oh, yeah. we just need a Jew and a black, and we'll be all good to go. Diverse completely. Party. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, with that being said, y'all, I appreciate y'all being here. Oh, before I hang up, though, before I give it up, my bad. Um, I do want to shout out this one, uh, this one. Her name is uh, Shannon. And she has this project, all right? And basically, it's called the Happy Bean Project. And it's a nonprofit coffee. Uh, it's, okay, let me read this, okay? The Happy Bean Project is a nonprofit coffee project. All profits and donation fund coffee events. Our team of volunteers go to homeless shelters, mental health facilities, and the streets to make coffee for people in need. Though through coffee, we are able to show those in need that we care about them, giving them hope a person to talk to while they're sipping their coffee. We also make hygiene and care kits to donate while I'm um, during this pandemic. So check this out, man. Uh, just a quick back brief on her. This chick, Chan, she's not just average day chick. All right. Yeah. She's actually the first female field artillery section chief in the United States Marine Corps. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. is fucking high speed. 
And um, she should be, I'm not counting, but I'm, I don't know if I should put this out, but she might be coming onto the gun line here. Uh, not sure just when, but she might be making an appearance on the gun line. Anyways. If you don't make it on the gun line, put her on under the net, man. We'll definitely have her. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story. I would yeah. love to hear her story. And not only that, but just the project that she's funding here. Hey, y'all, do me a solid, man. Go out there. Go to the happybeanproject.com. If you can give. I know we're in a pandemic right now, but some of us are in, you know, in positions where we could give money or, you know, go spend a couple of bucks on beer. Just put it aside, man. Let's see if you could send it out to the Happy Bean Project. Just to, you never know if you ever might be in that position or any of our battles are in that position. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's a great thing that she's doing. Again, thehappybeanproject.com, www.thehappybeanproject.com. Go ahead and check them out, man, and um, let her know that the On the Gunline podcast sent you. Now, with that being said, it's all you. Rounds complete. End of mission. Smoke out. Click.